welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 102. Let's roll. I missed you guys last week. I was on vacation. I was busy, busy in Boston, man, visiting the homeland, having a lot of fun, saw family. So sorry for the the no show last week. Uh, I, I'm going to bring out my my guest, and basically it's just me and Michael P. Duncan. We've got a lot to cover, a lot going on. Michael, come on out. Hey, man, how's it going? What's up, man? Hey, Michael, check this out. So I'm in Boston, right? This is a true story. And, uh, you know, I've got my two kids. They're eight and six. You know, we're, 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 we're in the North End just eating, you know, Italian food. Our plane leaves at 6.07, like literally takes off. So what time do you think you'd want to be at the airport if you had an entire family with you or, and you were going to a big, busy airport in the afternoon to try and leave on a plane at 6 p.m.? I'd say probably at least 3 p.m. So we were, we were still in the north end catching an Uber post 4 p.m. And we still had to go to our hotel. That's not good. No, it was bad. That's it was really probably bad. the worst parenting decision I have. Well, I've probably made a lot of bad parenting decisions, but it was so bad. I, I don't know what happened. You know, we're just like having so much fun, chilling out. And I'm like, I look up, I'm like, we got to fucking go. So we literally had to like, Take an Uber to the hotel, uh, check out, get our like, you know, get our shit, get the rental car that we had like in valet, get in the rental car, drive to the airport, return the rental car, and then get on like some sort of shuttle that takes us to the airport, get through checking. And it's like, we've got like, it boards at 530. We've got, there's no chance. So like, I, you know, I don't even think of it. We're Ubering. I'm, everything's fine in my head until I get in the in our rental, and it's like five o'clock. And I'm like, I look at my wife. I go, "We're not making this fucking plane. This is not happening. This is not happening. We're fucked." And it's like it's gonna be six at night. We're gonna be stranded in the airport with like our luggage and like two children. Like this is the most irresponsible thing. And I'm literally sitting there going, "I can't believe this is gonna happen." So no shit. We just drive. We get to the thing. We're, we're like, you know, just moving so fast. The kids are like, what is going on? Why, what's wrong with our stupid parents? I, we get to the airport and we're, we're in the shuttle and I've got to like, um, you know, I'm like, hurry up. Like we're at one stop. I go to the, the shuttle driver and I'm like, hey, where's, uh, you know, um, gate B or whatever. He goes, oh, you're on the wrong fucking shuttle. I'm like, you have to be kidding. He goes, best chance here is get out and walk up there and run across. I'm like, so like we're literally running through the uh through the airport, like, you know, a bunch of idiots. We get there. The the lady looks at us and goes, yeah, you're, you're going to miss it. We can schedule you on a different plane. I'm like, I look at her and I'm like, no, we did not. That plane is here. We're going to get on it. She's like, you're never going to make it. I'm like, put those fucking bags on that plane. So anyway, we cut the line at the security. People are looking at us like, who are these assholes? I cut the line. I run. We just make the gate. We get on the plane and we come home. And that is the story of me on vacation with my family. You can imagine Jack's Falcon. Sounds like a yeah. very relaxing vacation. It was so, it was awesome. We were totally chill until we were late for the plane. And then we just like, I just, I just brain farted the timing that it would take, you know? So yeah, that, that was the, uh, that was the, uh, Hey, look, it's hashtag analytics. I knew we were going to make it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yep. I yeah. had it. I had it down. We did not it miss the plane. 
We did not miss the plane. And our luggage made it. She literally looked at us. She goes, when we were checking in, she's like, yeah, your luggage isn't going to be there. You're going to have to call. It's going to be on a different plane. You're you're an asshole. You showed up, at the, you know, you're late. Nothing's going to work out for you. This lady was looking at us. I was like, my, my, uh, my daughter learned a valuable lesson. She looks at me and says, well, we didn't take no for an answer. I'm like, that's my girl. I'm glad that was her takeaway. Yeah. You yeah. know, I think uh, that could have been a traumatizing experience for her. But yeah. clearly she made it through it unscathed. Yeah, I mean, she no saw... No therapy needed in that household. Yeah, no, no, they're going to be fine. These kids are going to be fine. Speaking of being fine, we are fine because we're going into the NFL season, man. I am so excited. Um, I'm sure you are, too, to finally see the teams that you've assembled on your dynasty team. The the, the offseason, the trades, the, the, the draft pick trades, then doing your draft. I mean, everything coming together. You know, guys getting cut. Hopefully not a lot of you guys were rostering Trey Sermon. I told you not to draft his his ass. Um, but, you know, you know, I, sorry about O.J. Howard. We're going to get there. But, um, you know, uh, uh, now we get to see these teams actually play football. That's why we do this. So without further ado, we're going to kind of run through the NFL and kind of just have a few takeaways from each team and, you know, what we're thinking about. And, and uh, without further ado, Michael P. Duncan, tell the people what we're doing. Yeah, so we're starting in the AFC East today. Uh, like you said, we are going to try our best to get through all 32 We're going to go fast, like uh, me running the, through the airport. This is not the first time we've said we were going to try this. Yes, uh, Let's we see fail. if we can get it all in one episode. We uh, fail every time. Let's uh, let's start with Buffalo. And, and yeah, again, so wh- what we're doing is we're focusing on kind of stock up, stock down. It's kind of just like what we've gathered over the past month, especially what the teams have told us, whether through playing time, off-season moves, cuts, that kind of stuff, but just some takeaways that hopefully will help you win your dynasty league. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, Buffalo. Buffalo. You have an apology to make. Uh, yeah, sorry about OJ Howard, but I've been apologizing for OJ Howard for years. He uh, he finally got you know got released there in Buffalo, which I think is a terrible, terrible sign because it's not like they were uh, tight with uh, you know tight ends. So that was that was that was rough, and uh, sounds like he's gonna maybe catch on in. Uh, uh, Cincinnati, where there's yeah, definitely they some also space. Claimed, I think, two tight ends on yeah, waivers. It's it's over. So. You, you know, feel free to drop OJ Howard. I mean, even if he does catch on, it's clear that he's not going to be an alpha, you know, tight end one. So the upside play of of OJ Howard now is a downside play, and that's really the lesson here. Is like, you know, once he doesn't have upside, then he doesn't have upside. So now he's not an upside play. You know, because nobody in the league now sees him as an upside uh, play. He's now a veteran depth guy and that's all it is man so it's it's officially over for oj howard um you're free to drop him folks uh but i think the bigger thing in buffalo is and we agreed on this we kind of went through it a little bit ahead of time is that slot role i mean i think this is a sort of a team that we kind of know what we're going to see i think singletary and cook in the backfield uh poor one out for zach moss the wide receivers are clearly you know Diggs and and davis on the outside and then excuse me but isaiah mckenzie all the camp buzz. He doesn't have a big contract, but when he played last year, he was damn good. And it's very likely, or at least somewhat likely, that he is better than Jamison Crowder right now and therefore will command that sort of Cole Beasley role, which is a, a very fruitful role. So whomever gets those targets in the slot, whether it be Crowder or McKenzie, I think they're worth a buy. Uh, so maybe even trying to acquire both in Dynasty, uh, you know, I, I don't think will be too expensive. Probably should have already been there, but honestly, it's still not crazy because I think people might be undervaluing. So keep an eye on Isaiah McKenzie and, and Jamison Crowder. 
Yeah, and real quick, just a couple of stats to kind of back that up. The last three seasons with uh, Cole Beasley as the uh, the slot wide receiver, we had 112 targets, 107 targets, and 106 targets. Bingo. Um, and in the games where, uh, really the one game where Isaiah McKenzie was like playing a full workload of snaps, he had 12 targets, 11 interceptions, and 125 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so... He's been solid. I mean, we know he has the talent, and we know that the role is going to be able to produce something. So, I agree. I've, I've used this stat to defend the Gabe Davis uh, <laughs> love that I've got, but, you know, it also goes for either Crowder or McKenzie, and that is that, you know, uh, Josh Allen targets wide receivers more than any other quarterback in the NFL over the last couple of years. They play wide receiver. That's all you need to know. Like, some wide receivers are going to get uh, some targets – you know, which is a little bit of a concern for James Cook, but we'll see. Who knows? Uh, you know, generally good players find targets, so I think James Cook will be fine too. But definitely these wide receivers are going to get a lot of targets, and uh, hopefully they all go to Gabe Davis. Let's go. Uh, moving to Miami. Um, Miami, I feel like, you know, they cut Sony Michelle, they cut Jared Dokes, they cut Zaquandre White. Um, that just kind of clears it for now. Now it's like very strange. I thought they would have kept – one or two of those guys instead of, you know, what, what they did with Mostert and uh, Gaskin. So Miles now it's just Gaskin Ed will never die. Yeah, right. Exactly. Will never die. Yeah. Except uh, at the line of scrimmage um, <laughs> where, true. where true. he's tackled immediately. Um, but, you know, Gaskin and Mostert don't scare me. And now I'm super high on Chase Edmonds. His ADP, I think, will rise from here to the beginning of the season. So if you're in redraft leagues, definitely go get yourself some Chase Edmonds at his ADP. I think he's uh, got a lot of upside as a pass catcher in that offense. And, you know, he does run outside zone, which is what uh, what that new coaching staff will try and do. I think he's a he's a screaming buy. I think he's going to have a very big season, especially at ADP. So uh, wheels up for Chase Edmonds, in my view. Yeah, and real quick, just one other thing. Uh, Cedric Wilson is the the third wide receiver on the team. They don't really have much after him. Um, you could argue it's Mike Gesicki, but really just someone to keep an eye on, someone to maybe totally. buy low because they brought him in as a priority free agent. And if someone are to, I mean, Jalen Waddle's already dealing with a little bit of the injury bug, but you know, if, if something happens, like he could see, he could find himself in a pretty relevant role pretty quickly. So, yeah. Excuse me, I just got to go to the door. I think social services is here. Give me a quick second. I'll be right back. No, oh, I'm no just problem. Uh, Cedric Wilson, absolutely buy low. Um, you know, I think he's better than Mike Gesicki as a slot receiver. And you just mentioned it. I think it is uh, Waddle and Hill on the outside, uh, Gesicki and Wilson in the slot. And that means, Dur- uh, what's his name? Durham Smythe. Is that his Durham real name? Durham Smythe. Is that, a real, is that a real person? That is. He played, I mean, those of you guessing at home, any, any ideas how much he played last year, what his snap share was, you know? It was over 60% of the snaps this dude played. Everybody thinks, oh, Gasecki must have played a bunch. Durham Smythe played six. Now, he didn't do shit with that. It's not like he's some sort of, but, you know, a little bit more touchdown upside, a little bit of opportunity there. Maybe they trade Gasecki, who knows what. But I, I still think even if Gasecki's there, Gasecki's not the tight end. He's a uh, he's a um, a slot receiver. Hunter Long is kind of a sneaky little ad. So, you know, Hunter Long and Durham Smythe are, not really upside plays, but you never know. You never know what you could find there. So just keep an eye on that. Moving on to New England. Yeah, so in New England, I think the thing that we had talked about was really just, it feels like this year more so than in the past few years is the consolidation at the running back position. Um, 
the word out of camp with Ty Montgomery a little bit banged up. Uh, and obviously the only other running back on the roster being Pierre Strong is that Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are both getting uh, passing down reps. And we might actually see both of them take a step forward in the roles that they had from previous seasons in terms of just like having more of a full-fledged role. It might be a more 50-50 work share yep. as compared to like a 30-30-40 or something. Um, that probably wasn't the right math to use, but uh, I still like Ramon J more than I like Damian Harrison dynasty, uh, both this season and in the future. Uh, but I think that both of them could find themselves being maybe a little more valuable than we expected this season. Yeah, totally. If you were to say there's an offense where there's going to be two running backs who both get over 200 carries, I think they might be my first pick for that number, right? Like they're pro- that that yeah. may not happen for any team in the league. But if it were to happen anywhere, I'd start with New England, maybe with Damian Harrison, Ramondre Stevenson to each get over 200 carries, which kind of begs the the point that I think if, if they both get somewhere close to that, which one is more likely to have the pass down work? That's Ramondre Stevenson, which is why he's being valued higher. Um, he's also under contract for next year, which Damian Harris is not. Yeah. So therefore, in Dynasty, that's why we've been saying we want Ramondre Stevenson over Damian Harris. Damian Harris can go out there and score 15 touchdowns. I get that. I mean, he does have, but he kind of has to get that in order to, to pay off his, his ADP in redraft. So fade the hell out of Damian Harris in redraft and Dynasty for that matter. But, um, you know, Ramondre is the guy to buy. Pierre Strong, very, very sneaky. Yeah, I have him stashed basically everywhere. Yeah, um, he's very I just sneaky. don't know if this season is the season. Uh, but last last but not, well, they are kind of least. They're the definitely AFC, least. In They're the de- Let's not say uh, not least. Yeah, least. we've got the New York Jets. Um, the guy I wanted to bring up was Tyler Conklin, who, yep. you know, I think was better than people probably give him credit for or want to give him credit for in Minnesota last year. I think he was fairly relevant most weeks if, you know, not a league winner, obviously, not a you know, big upside kind of guy. But in terms of like a really, really cheap tight end that I think is going to have like every week's startability. Yeah. Tyler Conklin is that guy for me. I think that he's already ahead of the, de- on the depth chart, uh, ahead of CJ Uzoma. Um, so yeah, I think he's just a name that people forget about. And if you're, you know, if you run into an injury or you're just, you, you have nothing at the tight end position. Um, I think that he's actually a pretty decent buy because I don't think he's going to cost you a lot. Yeah, and, and actually, maybe if you can add Uzoma, too, and just kind of have them both and see what happens. Because really, the only thing, like, if you told me Uzoma wasn't there, I'd be like, yeah, Conklin, for sure. I mean, I wonder if they see it differently. You know, you just never know, right? All of a sudden, we could be just dead wrong. And I agree with you, by the way, that I think it would it would be more likely that he does, but it's not 100%, which is why he's where he's at value-wise, which is why yeah. it makes him a good buy. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, and yeah, I'm not at all saying that he's going to have a breakout season. No, like, but I agree no, with you, we'll by the way. We'll talk about tight ends that I like to have breakout seasons later. Yeah. Um, Denzel Mims made the team, and, um, you know, look, there's, there's worse depth charts that he could be on. It's basically Corey Davis that he has to climb over. I mean, I think you know I'd when say you look he has at, to climb over Braxton Berrios too. Oh boy, you're right. But that's like a pretty Braxton good. Berrios. That's a pretty good five wide receiver uh, grouping actually with Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, Mims, and Berrios. Like that's pretty good. I, I don't think. Uh, I think it's kind of in that order too. It's like Elijah's the alpha. Garrett Wilson's going to see a bunch of targets, and who knows what he's going to do with them as a rookie. Um, you know, and then Corey Davis is sort of that starter guy who doesn't yeah. do shit and you don't want him rostered in any way, shape or form because he has no upside. 
and then it's like Mims and Berrios fill in good roles as backup players and slot guy as Berrios. But yeah, I, I think it's kind of a solved equation there. And that's why I'm not too excited about the Jets uh, skill players. I don't really like the running backs in redraft. I do like Brees Hall a little bit, but I think he's going to be you even mentioned that you think Michael Carter is going to sort of be the starter. I think yeah, they're yeah. both going to play. I think it's going to be 60, yes. 40, 40, 60 back and forth, but it's I more don't just disagree. how long I think he's going to start week one as the starter. And then yeah. it's a matter of how long does it take for that to not be the case. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I might be a bad player. So moving on. Uh, yeah. So moving on, we got next the uh, AFC North and we are going to start in Baltimore and specifically with the running back position. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Dobbins limp, limp gate and all the rest of it. I mean, I'm not so sure. Dobbins is a fucking dog, though. Anybody who goes at him on social media, he's ready to just, you know, throw down. I mean, I love this dude. He's tough as nails. I don't know if he's limping. If he was really limping, it's like really fucking bothering him. I don't know why he's practicing. So I, I don't know what to make of all this. I do know he's coming back from a pretty tough injury and they haven't been exactly like, no, no, he's fine. Ready to go. It's been a little bit of yeah. like, yeah, we'll see uh, with um, Gus on pup, you know, kind of opens the door and then they wave Tyler Beatty. I don't know if he's on practice squad or whatever. I think he is, but still not on the active roster. So now they bring in Kenyon Drake. They bring in, uh, Mike Davis. Well, they had Mike Davis, whatever, you know, those could be your starters in week one. They keep justice Hill over Tyler Beatty. I think they did that so they could try and keep them both and keep Beatty on the practice squad. What a mess though, right? What a mess. Um, it's like if you told me J.K. Dobbins is healthy for 17 games, none of these other shit bags matter at all. But there's a question about Dobbins, so some of these other shit bags might matter. I have no idea which ones. What do you think here, Michael P. Duncan? I mean, I think that both Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis will be rosterable because uh, we saw that last season when they had no one at running back and it was just repetitive old news guys yeah um but i don't think either of them are gonna you know make you excited to start them on a week-to-week basis but i think they're gonna be relevant um i think the real question is i I don't think jk dobbins is healthy but is he still gonna be playing and i think that's even scarier yeah because if he's playing one you're gonna feel the need to put him in your lineup but also two that does take away the value of everyone else yeah so yeah that in redraft i'm just staying away from all of them yeah, and it uh, makes and him an injury risk, a re-injury yeah, risk out exactly. there. I, yeah, I don't want to see Dobbins until he's ready. Um, I do think that if – I think it may be one of those things where it's like they're not going to say shit. They're going to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then like week one, they're going to be like, Dobbins inactive. And you're like, yeah. oh, 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 okay. And when that happens, I, I, that's just a, you know, I'm baseless prediction, so to speak. But if that type of thing were to happen and it's Kenyon Drake, Mike Davis – my advice would be to sell Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis abso-fucking-immediately. Um, so that's just my that's just my take there. I don't think either one of those guys has any long-term value. I think Gus will be back at some point. I think, although the fact that Gus... I, I think they view Gus as a step up from Kenyon Drake and... I think he is a step up when he's healthy. Right? You know what I'm saying? It's I'm not saying like... Really be healthy. Right. So I think when Gus comes back, he kind of gets his spot back and Drake or Davis could be released or whatever. I don't think that they're part of the long-term plan there. I think they envision Dobbins and Gus to be healthy late later in the season. And that's going to be the way it goes. And these other two shit bags will be wherever shit bags go. I agree. Lastly Um, on the, on the Ravens, I I did want to mention that we had the conversation a little bit before the show about, 
look, it's it's Mark Andrews. He's he's locked in, baby. Rashad Bateman appears to be locked in into sort of that um, Hollywood Brown role, who, by the way, we'll get to later. But I, I was wondering if, who would be the third passing weapon in this in this offense, and and you asked me if it mattered, and I think you might be onto something. Uh, you know, what what are your thoughts there, my friend? I just like I think it's going to be a mix of a lot of guys, and yeah. I think realistically, the amount that they're going to pass it means that two guys will get relevant numbers of targets. And if there, even if there is a standout clear third guy, I still think that his target numbers won't make him relevant. Yeah. Super relevant relevant enough outside of, you know, like a bomb touchdown here or there or something, but like not consistently relevant. Like we see with some offenses, but yeah, I I mean, I think you, like if you like, there's some offenses where you kind of want to take a shot on that third option. This is not that offense. Like, they're going to run the ball so much that the passing volume isn't going to be there. And I think they've shown that they just want to get what they can out of their top two options, which is what they've done the past couple seasons. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I wonder if they're going to play. It's very interesting for sure. They brought into Marcus Robinson. They have five wide receivers. They've got Bateman. It's kind of like Devin Duvernay, James Prochet, Demarcus Robinson. I think Tylen barely Tylen made the Wallace, team. Wallace, baby. Yeah, I mean, all four of those guys, you could start to weave a story where you're like, I think this is the guy, right? So all of them have a little bit of name recognition in dynasty circles, and you know, I'm not so sure. So you got those four guys. I kind of agree with you that I think all of those guys are going to be like, you know, here and there every now and again. But if you look at the way they constructed the team, they have Mark Andrews, obviously the starting tight end. They have Nick Boyle, who's a blocking tight end and they have Patrick Ricard who's a blocking fullback they have two blockers and then they have Isaiah Likely and they kept Josh Oliver yeah. who uh by the way from my hometown right here but um oh. yeah absolutely a friend of mine coached him in high school but anyway uh Josh Oliver and Isaiah Likely both um you know are receiving tight ends to have that many sort of fullbacky tight end I think they're going to play a lot of 12. I think it's going to be Bateman and one of these other wide receivers, if that. And sometimes it'll be like, you know what I mean? It'll be fullback, two tight end, running back, wide receiver. It's going to be very interesting to see how they play it. I think they're going to try and bully ball as long as their offensive line can stay uh, healthy and they can effectively run the football. Uh, Last year, they had a lot of offensive line issues. Obviously, Lamar got hurt. They couldn't really do what they wanted to do. They got stuck passing the ball. So again, I think you're right about that second wide receiver, but it could be Isaiah likely, obviously a huge, huge target made a name for himself uh, in the preseason hashtag team preseason. We'll see if that carries over into actual playing time on real NFL games come week one. Certainly worth a stash though. Oh, for Um, sure. And yeah. So speaking of things that I think we kind of already understand next up is the Bengals. Um, Yeah. You know, we were talking about this a little (laughs) bit beforehand. I'm not sure there's a ton to say because no, they feel like they are very much already a solved equation with Jamar Chase, uh, T Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd as the three wide receivers. Like maybe we see the tight end be relevant with Hayden Hurst, but like, you know, I'm not holding out hope necessarily. Joe Mixon's the starting running back. Uh, There was hope that Chris Evans could kind of take, uh, take over Samaj P. Ryan's role as the backup, but that doesn't sound like it's the case. It really just seems like business as usual, maybe with an even better offensive line this season. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Uh, I think the one thing, if I were just maybe chit-chatting about something and want to mention something is, 
I think probably T Higgins is being overlooked a tiny bit as an alpha in this league. I think he's, you know, like I said, solved equation. He's getting, they're both getting like 22 plus percent target share Higgins and chase. It's going to be, they, they know what they're doing. Like even there was a recent interview with Joe Burrow and they were like, he's like, play too, too, uh, too high. And we're going to, you're gonna have to deal with Joe Mixon play man. Good luck. And so like, they kind of just know what they want to do. And Burrow has a very good command of that offense. I think he's an excellent real life quarterback. However good he is in fantasy is, you know, however good all these guys have been, you know, the Brady's and Stafford's. Um, but, um, you know, I think he's, I think he's just that good, a real life quarterback and they're going to be a really good team on offense. And so that's just a fun fucking team with, with chase and Higgins and burrow and Mixon. So yeah, yeah it'll that's what it fun is to watch them. Yeah, again. that's what it is. So moving on. Um, yeah. So the Cleveland Browns, obviously we got Deshaun Watson suspended for the first 12 weeks of the season, first 11 games. Um, they did some interesting things with their depth chart. I mean, you, you and I were looking at it. It was just, you know, they, they have four quarterbacks, obviously they kept four running backs. They only have like, um, well, they have six wide receivers. It just felt like an odd, uh, like set of guys to keep overall. Yeah. Um, but the guy that you wanted to talk about was not the tight end that was recently signed to a large extension in David Njoku, but rather the one listed as the backup Harrison Bryant. Yeah. He won the college award for best tight end, which I think is the John Mackey, John Mackey award. We, we were, uh, we were, we were Googling that it and came up with some, uh, no, I'm joking. John Mackey award. He is the Mackey award winner, uh, in 2020. He's a good tight end. He's a good tight end prospect. And it's not that I think he's specifically better than David and Joko or anything like that. I just think that that that's really all they did. They kept the two tight ends. Very strange. I, I would have thought they would, I don't know. Yeah. That, like they, they like Kellen. running two tight end sets. So it is weird yeah. that they only kept two tight ends. Yeah. Right. I was like, huh, this is a weird thing. I mean, cause they have like five running backs, which you mentioned it does spell that they might be trading Kareem hunt. I think that's a very good Evan Silva leaves uh, take there because they have Darius Johnson, uh, Jerome Ford, and they actually kept uh, Demetric Felton, uh, who's kind of a different type of back. I mean, a small little scat back special team guy, but still five. So with and uh, Cleveland going to Cleveland, they got Kellen Mond, picked him up. They really needed to sure up that fucking quarterback position, not heavily invested enough in that position. Jesus, um, you know, what the hell? Uh, but anyway, I, I just uh, think that Harrison Bryant could find his way into meaningful playing time. Um you know, David Bell, certainly a buy in Dynasty for sure. Obviously, he showed that he's good in preseason. Uh, but I'm anyway. actually going to say wait five weeks to buy him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Just wait a little bit. Yep. The offense isn't going to look good from a passing perspective. It's going to so be awful. There's no reason to pay more now than you might have to a week, two weeks. I totally agree. There's going to be lots of buying opportunities when this offense is disappointing. I mean, even Amari Cooper. I'm telling you, you're going to be able to buy Amari for nothing. You can almost do that now. I thought I was about. Say, I feel like you can always buy Amari for nothing. I don't think anyone wants Amari. Nobody wants Amari. He's been dropping and dropping and dropping. Yes. <laughs> Dallas didn't want him. Good one. But he's been dropping and dropping and dropping in Dynasty, uh, you know, um, rankings and, you know, ADP and keep trade cut everywhere. You just see him just free fall. And you can probably buy in for even less than that value because it's a sinking ship type of thing. People feel that. They don't want him anymore. So I really think that you could th- throw Amari into a deal. I mean, really, you could be making a deal and be like, all right, throw Amari in. They'd be like, fine, fucking let's do it, you know? So, yeah, I think that's um, – I, I don't think you're going to get too much from him. But once Deshaun comes back, if you're looking for like a late-season ad, 
that's when Amari's going to skyrocket. And well, I say skyrocket. I mean, you know, from where he's at now. So it could be a nice buy. But I, I do like Harrison Bryant. He's really, he's really low owned. Like in in sleeper leagues, you're only uh, seeing like thirty or something percent uh, roster ship. Uh, behind the likes of like Donald Parham and players like that. So Harrison that. Bryant, very, very sneaky ad. Make sure you watch him. I think he's uh, clearly uh, trusted as the second tight end in that offense. Uh, and moving on uh, to the last team in the AFC North, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. Uh, Mike Tomlin would not tell us who the week one starter is, uh, but Jax, you and I are both on the same page that we think it's going to be Mitch Trubisky early on. Uh, with, you know, it won't, it won't take too long to get to the Kenny Pickett of it all. No. Um, so what are, what are your thoughts on what that does to this offense and uh, specifically with a couple of players? Yeah, I mean, we were talking about George Pickens, obviously, you know, who stuffed you in a locker last week or two weeks ago when you were on the show. Um, you know, but uh, love George Pickens. Love the fact that he's throwing cornerbacks around on backside runs. Um, yeah, just just absolutely f- fantastic. I think they're a little bit of a of a solved equation too, right? Like they, it's going to be Deontay Johnson, Pickens as the two wide receivers, Claypool in the slot mostly. You know, they're moving around a little bit. I think Pickens is almost one hundred percent outside. Fryermuth and Najee Harris, so they're a solved equation there. And then you talk. I think, by the way, I think Jalen Warren is the is the handcuff in in some ways. I'm not so sure. I don't know, man. Benny Snell is kind of. I was actually I mean, thinking kind of the same thing. You know what I mean? So anyway, uh, Jalen Warren, definitely go pick him up. But in terms of how I think this plays out, the quarterback position, I really think Trubisky is going to be like not long <laughs> because Unless I don't they're think. Winning. Unless they're winning. Boy, boy, they're going to have to win. They will necessarily. But Correct. If they're winning. Agreed. Agree. I don't think they're going to be winning. And are we sure that they're going to be winning? I mean, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough, uh, a tough case to make. They open at the Bengals. I mean, I'd really like to take your bet that they will win that game, right? You're with me. They they are home against the Patriots in week two. It's a winnable game, but definitely a losable game too at home. They go to the Browns. Now, that's they the type of game that. that if somehow they are 0-3 after that game. Yes. I mean, come Or on. during that game. <laughs> right. Like, yes. if, you, if you're going to make a change, like make a change – during a winnable game. And that is the most winnable of their first three. If you're like, like, I feel like they could be losing like, you know, by a field. It's like 10 to seven. Mitch is throwing three interceptions. (laughs) So in like halfway through the third quarter, it's like, all right, pick it, go out there and see. Please let's see if you can do this. And then they get home against the jets, which is a very winnable game. Then at bills bucks, like, so somewhere by that first, like six weeks, you know, if uh, they gotta be winning some games and there's just so many like, almost definitely losable games like bills, bucks and Bengals. I mean, good luck. I mean, look, strange things happen in the NFL, but I do think this team is going to be maybe a two and four, one and five start, maybe three and three if they're lucky. And so, you know, if, if Trubisky's not playing well, this Pittsburgh team that's used to winning and literally has Kenny Pickett in the holster, you know, uh, could make a move. So, I don't know. I think it's going to be a few games over under four and a half, you know, starts for uh, Trubisky, and then it's going to be Pickett. I think that's probably the smart move. There's a chance Pickett starts game one, too. I really think there's a good chance because I don't think Trubisky is is wowing anybody. I don't think he's, you know, making anybody confident in Pittsburgh. So the question is, I don't know that it really matters for all the weapons. I think Pickett's a slight upgrade just because I think he's better than Trubisky, but not so sure it's a big upgrade either way. What about you? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's going to be Mitch Trubisky, but I also agree that I don't know that it matters a ton. Yeah. Um, um, I so. think I had mentioned, and you were right there with me uh, pre-show, we talked about selling Najee Harris and Dynasty. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. I, I yeah. It doesn't matter how talented we think he is. Uh, the offensive line is not better than it was last season, which is not good. And the offense as a whole is not going to be better than it was last season. And no matter whether it's Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, they are not going to target Najee Harris a billion times, as we saw a very hobbled and old Ben Roethlisberger do. So it is. Yeah, Najee Harris will turn. Down. Najee Harris will turn 25 during the season as well, which, <clears throat> you know, hey, look, you know, he, it's not good. I mean, that's old uh, for a second year player. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm sort of just looking to sell Najee and, and, and get a little younger. There's definitely some players I would sell them straight up for, um, including, uh, someone I'll mention later on one of my favorite, uh, Detroit football teams. Um, <laughs> moving on. One of your favorite Detroit football teams. Thank you. Yeah. Just one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So moving on, uh, the AFC South, we're going to start uh, with the Texans where there's really just one guy that we want to talk about. Oh my God. Is, I mean, are there podcasts that aren't about Damian Pierce right now? I mean, if there are, they're probably not doing all that well. I mean, and it's who, all anyone really wants to talk about. Who would not be talking about Damian Pierce right now? Couldn't be me. I'm Dari ready to talk Agumbawale about Wale fans. Matter of fact, let's just, let's just stop what we're doing. Let's just do the rest of the show. I don't know how long we got. Like, let's do a two hour uh, pod on Damian Pierce, his, how he started where he comes from, his future value. Let's just really do a biop of, uh, of, of, of Damian Pierce. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, his mother's name was uh, Martha. No, Martha. Martha Pierce. Yep. Exactly. Martha Pierce. Wonderful lady. No, listen, Damian Pierce, I, you know, I think my boy, Ryan Loesch, Rhinos, real Rhinos. Everybody knows Ryan. He kind of started the Twitter thing by posting a trade he made in my league. 23 first. For Damian Pierce, he got Damian Pierce, gave up a 23 first, and the internet went crazy. The Twitter went nuts. Everybody was calling him an absolute idiot. And then the groundswell, and now they cut Sony Michelle. Excuse me, Marlon Mack. Excuse me, same guy, whatever. Marlon what's Mack. the difference? Uh, they cut Marlon Mack. They kind of just opened the, 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 the doors for him. He's now competing with Daria Gumbawale and Sexy Rexy. That's it. It's like they're calling him the RB1. Uh, Adam Schefter's tweeting about him. It's just amazing. And and just this morning, I got a I got a uh, an offer. Uh, I could buy Damian Pierce for Rashad Penny in a twenty three first. I mean, people are out there thinking it's twenty three first plus for Damian Pierce in Dynasty. Unbelievable. Here's the question: Is this hype overblown? Uh, for this season, no. Right. I I just I think he's going to be. I think. He's going to be really, really good. I because I don't. When you look at the pieces around him and the other options, like I think it reminds me a lot of James Robinson. Yep. In his rookie year, where yes. it's like he was on a bad team, doesn't mean he can't be successful for fantasy. When agree, these are your other options. But the thing that I think is very important to remember is James Robinson very quickly got replaced, or they tried to replace him. Yeah. Um. So that's why dynasty wise, like, it's not going to feel good. But I I don't think I have a ton of Damian Pierce, if I have any. Uh, but I would be looking to move him for a haul this season. Yeah. Because I there's just absolutely no guarantee 
that they will not come back around. At, Michael Carter was a fourth round pick. Look at what they did. They drafted Brees Hall in the second. James Robinson, they drafted Travis Etienne in the first. Um, so I don't know. There's very little guarantee as to what his future holds. Um, so outside of this season, I'm not very excited for him, but I would be using this season to get what you can, whether that be a championship, if that's what you want, or, you know, yeah, Michael, first. Michael P. Duncan getting a new t-shirt. We had the zero cares, zero shares, zero cares. He's got the zero shares, many tears, uh, t-shirt coming out next. Um, because he does have, doesn't have any Damian Pierce. So a boring uh, couple days on Twitter for me. Yeah, absolutely. What, 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 yeah, you got nothing to show for. You can't show your roster ship. You can't show the the team where he's starting as your RB one. You can't show. I mean, none of it. You know, you can't show the pick when you drafted him at the three point oh two. None of it. No grandstanding. Nope. No victory lapping for Michael P. Duncan and Damian Pierce. Nope, just you tweeting know. about my therapy. That's that's <clears> it. That's all that's been on my Twitter lately. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, you, you're 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 awful at that too. Um, but um, you know. We 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 kind of came around on Damian Pierce on this on this uh, this year podcast. I don't think we ever said poo poo Damian Pierce. I, I think at first I did. I was like, "What is this?" Because the profile is so stupid. And of course, I don't watch college football, so it took me a little bit longer to realize. And thankfully, we got there. But you know, we never were like, "Oh, this guy's a, a bum." I I I think it's exactly like James Robinson two Except he has a little bit more draft capital. I mean, he was a, a the four point oh two or whatever in the in the oh, real yeah. NFL draft. So he's almost a day two player, which is enough to hopefully tether him to opportunity going forward. Like, he's gonna have always, to be, yeah, he's gonna have to be really good hope, to hold it though. But you're always yes, like it, like any smart organization would have said, "Wow, we hit on James Robinson as an undrafted <laughs> free agent. Holy shit! Now we don't need to spend large capital." Uh, they, on a running back. I mean, but they che- said hey. no. We're fucking morons. <laughs> no, chess like, not checkers. Chess not checkers. They knew the uh, the Achilles was coming. Exactly. I mean, they, they knew it was fucking. coming. Yeah, they knew it. Come oh, on. Oh man. You think they're that stupid? They don't know the guy's gonna pop an Achilles. Come on. Oh, Doug. Doug. I Doug's got him. Doug. Don't worry. Pray for him every day. Pray for him. Um, um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's uh it's it's absolutely a good a good call there with um with Damian Pierce. Also, uh. You know, Tyler Johnson signs there and I've I've heard crazier things. I mean, I think Brandon Cooks is like found money every single every single year, like literally every single year. I just got him in like the sixth or seventh round of a redraft league yeah, last night. Unbelievable. So. Brandon Cooks found money. I love Nico Collins. Everybody knows that. Um, but now if if um Tyler Johnson can find it it won't happen early, by the way. You still have time to buy in, but I think if Tyler Johnson can find his way into that slot role, there are worse things, right? There are worse things. Right, so I think it may be an opportunity for him. We'll see. I thought he—you mentioned it. Uh, I thought he afforded himself pretty well in actual NFL games with Tom Brady. So yeah, I—I I don't know. I, yeah. His I, like obviously, I, I just don't think they're all that interested in like developing young wide receivers when you right. got Tom Brady at age forty-five. So like, I get it from that perspective, but also like, yeah, I he uh, I don't know he didn't it. it it's not like Jalen Rager who like went out there and actively hurt the team. Right. It's like I, every time I saw Tyler Johnson, I felt like I saw some pretty decent stuff. So very weird to me. Yeah. But whatever. I think they kept uh Darden or whatever. It was a special yeah, team they or did two. Keep, yeah. They did keep yeah. Darden. You got, you know, after the first four wide receivers, a lot of times those back yeah. two are, uh, you know, five and six have to play special teams. And that's what, that's what pushed it over. Yep. Uh, moving on Colts. 
yeah, Colts, uh, and we want to talk about a running back. Yeah, um, Jonathan Taylor. I've heard. Look, no, nope, not, you guys not may, that one. Not what? that one. Oh, I didn't think they had heard of him. No, but honestly, it is Jonathan Taylor to some degree. It's the what happens if Jonathan Taylor gets hurt. Sorry, edit that out. We don't ever want to say that on this podcast. But honestly, it's Deion Jackson. They kept Deion Jackson. They were, he was the only other running back they kept on the roster other than Naheem Hines, who we all understand the utility of every player. We talk about it on this pod all the time. Naheem Hines is a different position than Jonathan Taylor. He's a third down back, pass down back, slot sort of guy. I mean, he's just a, a different player. They're not going to run him at the goal line. So if Taylor were to get hurt, Naheem Hines would keep his role. It would expand. We talked about that. Um, you know, Taylor gets a lot of targets. Um, I don't think Deion Jackson would get nearly any targets. It would be almost zero pass down work unless it was sort of, you know, had to happen, so to speak. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that, I think Deion Jackson would just slide right into that role. So I think he's a, he's a handcuff at this point. There's always a possibility with these handcuffs and JJ Zacharyson has, uh, done a great job of, of, uh, of showing this o- over time that even when we think we know who the handcuff is, we're often wrong. So it could be that he's not the fucking handcuff and they would go out and trade for somebody or something if, if, if Taylor got hurt or sign a free agent. But as it stands right now on that roster, if they did nothing to change that roster, Deion Jackson is 100% the handcuff because Naheem Hines is a different utility of player. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I like it, I would be both it's like I agree with everything you said, but at the same time, I think the uh, the asterisk there is, will the Colts really just roll with Deion Jackson? Well, and apparently, they just, just did. Well, yeah, I know, but like, <laughs> I, as the third running back, sure, but like, yeah. if something happened to, you know, like... That's right. You, yeah, like, yeah. you saw what happened when Derrick Henry went down. Like, yeah. they, they exhaust every avenue. Yeah. Um, so I agree, because there's yeah. always the chance that they do just roll with Deion Jackson. Yeah. Um, and then you have a very valuable player that you've never heard of before. That's exactly um, right. Yes. But yeah, I, I like there's always that asterisk, but you can't predict that. So no, that makes him valuable. But he's a he's a waiver wire guy right now. And I oh, mean, yeah. he's basically picked up in every single league that I'm in because either I did or BZ did or Chalk did. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, in all seriousness, though, he he was he was rostered now in, in, in every dynasty league I'm in, but he was not rostered. A week ago in every dynasty league. I mean, he was just a waiver ad. So hopefully you guys went out and got him. If you didn't already, go get Deion Jackson immediately. Um, Jacksonville. I think yeah, I've so- said it. I think I've said it a couple times, and, and I believe in Trevor Lawrence. He threw the ball 600 times last year. You believe in Doug Peterson. Uh, we believe that there it can't get worse schematically and culture-wise than it was last year. Um, we believe Trevor Lawrence is a, is a good talent. He showed positive signs last year. So if all those things are true, and we believe that they're going to be a little bit better, you got to keep up with the Joneses. Is that right? Yeah, so we were talking about this in the pre-show, and obviously they traded LaVisca Chenault to the Carolina Panthers. And what that really told me is that, you know, J- Jamal Agnew was interesting last year, but that was a different coaching staff, and he's a great punt returner, kick returner, but I don't, I, unless they, unless due to injury, they have to feed him the ball again, like they did last year. I don't necessarily think that he's going to be ultra relevant this year. And other than that, the only two guys they have on the roster that you know are intriguing are Marvin Jones and Zay Jones. 
they paid Jay Jones a lot of money, and Marvin Jones has just been a good NFL player for like his entire career. So, yeah. you know, I think Christian Kirk is going to be the wide receiver one. We've talked about him plenty on this podcast. Yes. Um, but I, you know, if you believe in Trevor Lawrence and you believe in the offense, I think that Marvin Jones and Zay Jones are going to be valuable pieces on your bench because there is a very real possibility that they could be relevant this season. Uh, if Trevor 100%. Lawrence has, you know, a bit of a breakout, if they pass the ball, like Doug Peterson loves passing the ball like that, you know, maybe it's not both of them. Maybe it's one of them, but right. Take your shot because they don't cost a lot. Yeah. The targets have to go somewhere. And the, it looks like Zay Jones and Marvin Jones are both going to be on the field in three wide receiver sets almost assuredly. So it's going to be Kirk and the Joneses. And um, yeah, I agree with you 100%. You know, they're probably going to be losing and they're probably going to be passing. And I, it's probable that um, uh, Trevor Lawrence is above average. So very, 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 very clear path to uh, sneaky production with Marvin and Zay Jones. They're brothers, by the way. Do you know that? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, brothers. I see yeah. the Thanksgiving picture they tweet every year. Yes, yes. Uh, one turkey leg each. Yeah, no, no, that's, exactly. that's totally it. Um, victory lap. Can I victory lap a little tiny bit in Tennessee as the Tennessee Titans elect to keep four running backs, which means they really did not want to let go of one and they didn't have any investment other than his talent because he's an undrafted nothing from nowhere julius chestnut makes the team we've been telling you we've been telling you he's a good player and he is he's a good he's a good football player that's just that uh so he's the james robinson elijah mitchell player from the last couple of years that we knew was a good player that didn't get any love in the draft and you know here he is now he's also just like Look, James Robinson was buried behind Leonard Fournette, Ryquel Armstead, and some other shitbag. Who was the other guy? There was some other. Uh, oh, who was, was it? it uh, oh, wasn't it the pass catching dude from Alabama? No, no, no. There was another. Oh, God dang it! Someone, someone's yelling into their radio right now. It doesn't it's matter. TJ I'm not even gonna look it up. Huh? TJ Yeldon? No, it was some. No, no, good call. It was um, Armstead. Oh, I, oh, the guy. You know, it was the guy from um, <sighs> Washington. It was the pass catcher from Washington. Oh, him too. Chris Thompson was there. Yeah. There was a bunch of them. There was another guy too. I can't think of a stupid name. Doesn't matter. He was buried, and then all of a sudden they got all hurt and COVID. And who was the, who got long term COVID? Was that Reichwell? Nyquell? That anyway. was yeah. Also, was uh, I have breaking news just because I think it's going to be hilarious to hear yes. your live reaction. Um, Trey Sermon has been claimed on waivers. Oh no! By the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh boy. <laughs> it's funny. I said, I I, I have fuck? texted multiple people in the past 24 hours. <sighs> I hope the Eagles kick the tires on Trey Sermon. That's great. That's great stuff right there. So we'll, huh. we, we can talk about that later. Um, We're going to get there. Uh, apparently that's yeah, awesome. We, we, we but, will get there, but, but yes. Julius Chestnut now behind Derek Henry, obviously who's dope and Dontrell Hilliard and Hassan Haskins. I think, you know, I, I, I heard Matt Kelly say this on a pod and he was like, I heard him say it, and I was like, I think the same thing. He's like, I think that Julius Chestnut's better than Hassan Haskins. Haskins was just a fourth-round pick. I think they had a hard time just, like, keeping Chestnut and getting rid of Haskins, so they kept them both. Uh, they're going to continue to battle it out, but I think Chestnut's just a better player, and it'll be interesting. Of course, if Henry were to get hurt, Hilliard's still there and is still a problem because I think they sort of see him as the primary backup. I think he's also the primary pass catcher, of course, but I think yeah. he's more – 
than uh, more than like Naheem Hines is as a running back. I think he does more, you know, on first and second down. I think he's more of a grinder, but I think he's also their pass down back. So pretty interesting. Uh, but Julius Chestnut making the team. Congratulations, Julius. Even though you don't want to come on my show, I do want to have you on the show. But have you yeah, what do you want to do? Him to be on the show. I have asked him. Yeah. He, oh, okay. He just ignores me. You know. I mean, that's understandable. I don't yeah, really blame it him. is. Underst- I actually don't blame um, him. Uh, I do have okay, more followers move, on Twitter than him, on. though. But I mean, you move, know, <laughs> we're going to try and keep this moving. We're doing good so far. You can but, you can cut that part out. Uh, uh, um, no, it's fine. We're going to leave it. Um, AFC West, Denver Broncos. Yep. Um, two main guys we want to talk about here. You want to take a victory lap, so I will let you take your victory. Another victory lap, actually, back to back. Well, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them because it's like well, you know Julius Chestnut makes the team and some other stuff that's that's happened. But yeah, Alberto. I mean, here we go. Let's go. It's not it's not victory yet, but. Um, you know, clearly he's kind of in line for a tremendous amount of opportunity and a tremendous amount of opportunity in a great offense, presumably, uh, with an, with one of the most efficient quarterbacks of all time who throws a lot of touchdowns, Albert Okoibunam, ready to go. Uh, Dulcich starting at least right now on the IR. The IR we'll see so how, four weeks. yeah, exactly. So we'll see, you know, how he, uh, comes out of that, but looks like he'll have all the opportunity to himself, at least for the first four weeks. And look, Dulcich was a rookie, even if he was healthy, which yeah. now he's not. I think it really sets him back. So unless Albert O is an absolute shit bag, he's going to lock up that starting tight end position um, and, and run with it. Uh, the other guy is your guy. You want to take your victory lap too? I think, uh, well, you know, it's not really I, a victory lap. I can't take a victory lap yet. Um, but KJ Hamler. Yep. I just, you know, uh, it sucks. Obviously Tim Patrick's out, but yes, KJ Hamler is the guy that's going to catch deep bombs on this team. Yes. Like, that's not Jerry Judy. And no. it can be Cortland Sutton, but not to the, not like KJ Hamler. Like people no. forget, you know, he was drafted one round later than Jerry Judy. He was still a second round pick yep. for the Denver Broncos. Um, he had a great prospect profile. Yep. I actually had him as, as a better prospect than Jerry Judy coming out. Um, and honestly, I don't think Jerry Judy has necessarily shown more than KJ Hamler has so far in the NFL. So he's the third wide receiver right now. Um, I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, you should take it, you know, you should go up and pay, pay up for him and shit. Right. But like, no, no, yeah. you look at redraft, he's basically free. Jerry Judy's like an eighth round pick. You look in dynasty, people have moved on from him for the most yeah. part. You can get him for very cheap. And there is a very realistic, like, if you're looking at like this offense comparatively to the Seahawks, DK Metcalf, your closest comp is Cortland Sutton. What's the closest comp to Tyler Lockett? It's not Jerry Judy. It's, it's KJ true. Hamler. It's true. So I am not saying he's Tyler Lockett. No, but, but you're I'm right. I'm saying that yeah. Russell Wilson likes doing that. Yeah, he likes <laughs> right. what KJ Hamler can bring to the table. So it's he's healthy. Um, I think he's very good at football. So. Yeah, I, for the price, he he is a he's a guy that I'm trying to stash everywhere. I already let, let, let's put it this way: if he's on the field with everybody else, Javante, Alberto, Sutton, and Judy, if he's not open, he's not good because like yeah. he's going to be you know the 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 afterthought from the defense. They're going to be looking to say how okay, how do we stop X, Y, and Z. It's not going to be like well, let's game plan for this fucking Hamler kid. So yeah, he's going to have some 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 run free opportunities. Um, Russell Wilson is talented enough to, you know, uh, evaluate five weapons at a time. You know what I mean? In other words, some guys yep. are locked onto the first first read. You know, not not uh, Russell Wilson. He's capable of doing this. So I think um, I think you might be onto something. I've I've kind of poo pooed the 
KJ Hamler, not because of the the player or the prospect, but moreover for me, it's been like the utility. I know he's a deep, deep yeah. threat, especially when Patrick was still healthy, right? Yes. You know, he was only going to be sort of a situational deep threat guy here and there. Now he's going to be on the field in three wide receiver sets. You know, if he's open, he's going to get the fucking ball. You know what I mean? So I'm with yeah. you. I think I mean, it's, the, a, the, it's the an opportunity for him. Are, you went from Drew Locke to Russell Wilson. Yes. And Tim Patrick's not there. That's right. That's so, right. So, yeah. Arrow up. Um, all right. Next up, we have uh, in the AFC West, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Um, Another small victory lap here. It's not like I've been talking it. about it too much, but. It's more of like a throwback victory lap. <laughs> yes. Of a guy you used to really love. And hey, he looked, he made a team like five years later. Exactly. I get the, I get it. I, I truly understand the victory lap you're going for. Yes. I get it. It's not one to be super proud of, but you still need to do it. And <laughs> I, that's that's why you have your own podcast. Well said, man. Yeah. This one guy I used to like five years after made a team. Fucking boom. Mic drop, motherfuckers. That is so well said. Michael P. Duncan. Nice job. I told you he's the best in the business, guys. I say it every time. And there it was. Um, but yeah, Justin Watson goes goes ahead and uh, you know makes the team. I know that that's not like the biggest thing, but I'm not so sure that he's not better than MVS or whatever. Like he he's going to have opportunities. Someone's going to get hurt. Whatever. I mean, you even mentioned that Juju's dealing with a bulky knee right now, and he's so, been dealing with it for a couple seasons. Like he he, yeah. he would like get his knee drained on a weekly basis or something when he was back in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and like, as much as I love Juju, everybody knows I think that he's like the. I, I've said this. Um, I think. Like, you know, they're, everybody's so quick to have short memories. Like, Cooper Cup was like a fifth-round pick or sixth-round pick in redraft last year. You know what yeah. I mean? It was like, yeah. do you take Cup or do you take Woods? Woods One was, of them could – Woods was going ahead. Yeah, of course. It was like, well, yeah, I like them both, da-da-da. Now he's the one-point – you know, you know, top-three pick, and, like, people forget that he was, like, a fifth-round pick. And so, yeah, that's where Juju's going. So, I mean, if you were to look in that – fifth, sixth round wide receivers who could actually do something like that. It's like, well, you know, Juju's like a, a candidate. I don't actually think anybody is ever going to do what he did. Cooper cup that being like go as a fifth round, sixth round pick after being in the league for four or five years. And all of a sudden put up a triple crown yeah, fucking 2000 yard receiving season. That's not what I'm saying is, is like, He's, he's also got been really good in the NFL before. Yes. Like people Both forget that he was yes. like the, yes. Yeah. He was the wide receiver for two years ago. Cooper cup was so like, it's not like it came out of nowhere, but no. I agree that actually works in favor of your juju conversation. That's what I'm saying. Like he has a upside in this offense. He's had and 10 plus touchdowns before bingo, despite 1400 yards, right? Despite yep. all that, um, there's still going to be opportunity for whether it's sky Moore, Miko Hardman, um, MVS or, or Justin Watson. And I'm just saying, I, I don't think it's definitely not Justin Watson. He's a skilled player and he could, he could make something happen. So that's it. You know, it's just, a, 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 he's, he's probably free 99. Uh, I've, I've had him on the back of a few rosters and honestly, I've let him go on a lot, obviously, cause he was worthless. So, uh, but I, I'm ready to pick him back up. And if Justin Watson's available in your league, just go grab him. Cause it's going to be fun to see if he can uh, have a relationship with Mahomes on field. On field. <laughs> I forgot we had that conversation. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, the <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders. Um, yes. Yeah, so a little bit of a deep cut here, but uh, it's Amir Abdullah. Uh, I think he's going to be surprisingly relevant this season. Uh, it seemed as if him and Brandon Bolden were kind of competing for the uh, James White-ish role yep. uh, in this Josh McDaniels offense. Um, 
And I mean, Herb Dool, he's a good pass catcher. Like, if the, yeah. he's not much, but he he is good at the exact thing that we know he's good at, and that is being a third down back. Um, so, like, I think there's a very real chance, especially you know injuries and whatnot, like that he has a decently consistent role this season with obviously the chance for more uh, because he's a running back and injuries happen and all that kind of stuff. But um, I, you know, nothing too exciting because I think this kind of goes back to what you've been saying for like a month or two now, which is uh, when it comes to like an offense with the top three options, this is probably going to be the most consolidated passing offense in the league with Adams, Renfro and Waller. Yeah. And uh, it was funny. I totally agree with you. I think Amir Abdullah does show some, upside as a James White like player. And then you had mentioned you we were both looking at the depth chart as we were doing some homework and we're like, uh, did you know Mac Hollins is the uh, third wide receiver on this team? It's like, holy shit. So Former yeah, Eagle that's great. that tells you enough to know that like Mac Hollins, Tyron Johnson, and someone named DJ Turner are the next three wide receivers after the the consolidated Renfro Adams Waller situation. Foster Moreau, of course, is probably the guy that you mentioned that uh, is the guy that um, is most likely to, you know, get some looks. If any of those guys were to go down, actually, he's probably yeah. the next in line. If you're um, just looking at like purely passing options, like exactly. I, I would have him fourth. After yeah, exactly. Three. Exactly. Like I think he's um, talented. He's shown he's talented. So. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Moving on. Uh, yeah. Moving on. Uh, last uh, in the AFC, actually, uh, we have the Chargers and um yeah, I, I mean, I don't. Victory lap's not the right word. For vote it, of confidence. It's a vote of confidence. You know, all these guys that were saying CJ, uh, excuse me, CJ Spiller. Look at that. Uh, Isaiah Spiller That's was a stud back. back. The Chargers proved it. He is a stud. That's why they brought in Sony. Mich- Wait, what? Um, yeah, I mean, look, Sony Michelle comes in. I think C- uh, CJ. I keep doing it. I think Isaiah Spiller is merely average and. I think that's what it is. I think he's just a a running back. He is a running back and he's probably better than Joshua Kelly. And I think that the chargers were like, yeah, let's see what Sony Michelle is all about. He's probably better than these other two guys. And that's probably true. And they're all probably pretty average. And I think Sony Michelle is more better at being totally average than the other two. Yeah. And uh, so a quick hashtag analysis. Uh, uh, place your bets for the Chargers winning the Super Bowl because the last two teams uh, that have had Sony Michelle, the first year that they've had Sony Michelle, they've won the Super Bowl. So I, I did pick the Chargers to win the Super Bowl earlier this well, year. So fucking a. Uh, yeah, you're gonna make some money because that yeah. is a it's a fact. Yes, it cannot be. You know, it's a 100 percent hit rate right now. Yeah, exactly. And Sony exactly. Michelle's first year with the team, they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, the Dolphins decided they did not want that ring. Right. Um, totally. So whatever. Totally. Uh, uh, let's go to the NFC. Yeah, off to the NFC we go, and we are starting in my least favorite place on earth, and that is Dallas. Um, <laughs> if you listen to Undroppable's playbook, uh, you will hear a very long rant about how Dallas is just not good at things uh, when it comes to managing their football team. Um, but Do that's that. not really what we're talking about at the moment. We, uh, You want to talk about a third-round pick out of Southern Alabama. Yeah, Jalen Tolbert, uh, again, of course, is the guy that you want to keep an eye on. I I think this is a solved equation, too. I mean, uh, only I would say the only other thing that we don't know is like this Noah Brown, Jalen Tolbert, like this uh, extra receiver. We don't really know it's Jalen Tolbert, but we do know that it's not like, well, all the, you know, Julio Jones and all these other guys that like came in to like make things murky for other players. It's none of those guys. Like there's nobody who's been, they didn't bring in Tyler Johnson, like whatever, you know, like they didn't, yeah. it's 
the door is still wide open for Jalen Tolbert and opportunity. That could change. He could be not good at football. It could He could get played off the field by the likes of Noah Brown, etc. But as of right now, it's still wide open. If you don't believe in Jalen Tolbert, but somehow have him on your roster, which would be kind of weird, sell his ass right now because he's got good value. Um, but if you do believe in him, and to the degree that he'll just be able to play and get enough targets to be relevant, then it's still you can still kind of hang on here. I think he may be a little bit better than that. And, uh, you know, if it's if it's CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Tolbert, eventually Michael Gallup, I think that's a pretty good little three, uh, three wide receiver set. Plus Dalton Schultz is good. They've got two great running backs. Their offensive line is the problem, as we've noted. Yeah, uh, they brought in, uh, checks notes, 40-year-old <laughs> future Hall of Famer, don't steal uh, my bits. Jason Peters. Um, that's not a bit. He's just 40 years no, old. No, no, the checks notes. The checks oh, notes. Oh, yeah, my bad, my bad. Notes. That's, that's, uh, yeah. I'm the only one who's ever um, said that. Well, to be fair, like, it just felt like he, he, as an Eagles fan, I watched Jason Peters <laughs> play and it feels like he was 40 for the last like four years of his <laughs> it's career. It's true, um, man. Like, I, I, and I'll be honest, like, he had stuff left in the tank in Chicago last year. Like, for a 40-year-old left tackle, Unbelievable. he's way better than he should be. Totally. That does not mean he's a good solution. No, it doesn't. But Spe- speaking it's of, all they uh, have. Speaking of not having solutions, let's go to the New York Giants. Yeah, uh, so in the, in the show sheet, we wrote <laughs> car crash yeah, this when is listing what we wanted to talk about. I don't even know what to talk about. Like, I don't know what to say. I mean, I guess it's Bellinger. I guess, I, I like it's Wandale. I don't know. Like Bellinger's what, dealt with injuries. I know. There's I don't nothing think he's healthy at the moment. That's what I'm saying. He's not healthy. Uh, Tony, who I'm ready to like Tony again. I'm like I called him yep. Cadaver the Tony, and you know dunked on him as a as a early pick in this NFL draft, which I think is still correct. But like I'm ready to be back in on him. He's hurt. He I don't know, man. Kenny Galladay looks like he just could not care less. There was about a, about playing football. Did, did you see? Did you see the quote um, uh, that Kenny Galladay running with the stiffness of a mannequin yes, was the blurb that came out? The stiffness of a mannequin. I mean, if you're a professional, that is very stiff. If you're a professional, <laughs> yes. For those yes. counting at home, yes. If you're a professional athlete, nonetheless, a professional wide receiver athlete. Stiffness of a mannequin is not exactly the fucking quote you want associated with you. Holy smokes. What the fuck, Kenny Galladay? Like, this, it's car crash. It's unbelievable. And then there's, you know, Daniel Jones, a fucking mess. And then there's Saquon Barkley, the, you know, 1.01 of greatest, you know, running back prospects of all time. He's been hurt. I mean, it's just like, my goodness gracious, this team is just a fucking mess. Yeah. Uh, when looking for positives, I basically said, well, I guess that leaves Wondell Robinson. Yeah. He's the only wide receiver, like, without a large issue at the moment, and he was drafted by this regime. So, like, I I guess if you like Wondell Robinson, go for it. But personally, I don't choose to get into car crashes. Wondell Robinson being overlooked. Literally, because he's so small. <laughs> anyway, sorry. But um, yeah, these are these are these nice. are my best jokes, guys. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, so let's move on to your team, the Super Bowl favorites in the in the NFC. Now, I mean, they are they they went from like sixteen to one to like ten to one Super Bowl yeah. favorites after the Tyron Smith injury. They are the hotness. You mentioned they have a top three roster. 
maybe outside of quarterback, obviously, which is very, yeah, very like if, if you, Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, quarterback. I agree with just, you, by the way. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. just, I, the, and like, yeah, I'm sorry, go on. No, I agree with you. You're right. I mean, their, their roster's dope. Um, and Hertz is, you know, I mean, look, he's a top five or six fantasy quarterback. I don't think he's a yep. top five quarterback, but he's certainly a top 15 or 20 quarterback. He's good enough, you know. Yeah. He's effective at certain things. He's a damn good runner. And, you know, at times he looked awesome. I mean, he looked really, really, really awesome at times. He just wasn't consistent enough. I don't know if he puts it together. This is easily could be a, a Super Bowl team. If they're able to somehow get home field, which they could definitely do, considering what we just said about the Giants and the 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 next team coming up, uh, may not be so good. So, you know, when you talk about Washington and New York, they could have uh, four easy wins. You mentioned how easy their schedule is. Yeah, this is a team that could easily find their way into offensive line in the league. A one or two seed, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I... Like I, I, yeah, I, I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible, but outside of the question mark that is Jalen Hurts's ceiling, right? There's just very little to be concerned about overall. Yeah, especially um, now with uh, Trey Sermon in tow. Yeah, so so this actually this brings me this is going to change from the 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 sheet a little bit. Yeah, but this brings me to a conversation that we were having with your brother. Yeah, right before the podcast, which is he was kind of hyping up Kenny Kenny Gainwell a little bit, and I said. No, don't. The only people that are hyping up Kenny Gainwell are people that are not following the Eagles closely. Mm. He did not have a good camp. He did not. He is not the backup running back. Boston Scott is the backup running back. And I don't really think there's much argument about that. Will will Kenny Gainwell play more than Boston Scott if Miles Sanders is healthy? Possibly. Because he's probably a better pass catcher. But he didn't look good in that role in camp. Honestly, he did not right. have, I, I, I don't think he had any good, like great days of camp. He looked okay in the preseason and that's like the peak of his off season so far. Um, and I liked Kenny Gainwell, but again, what they really have been looking for as a compliment to Sanders is a big bodied between the tackles, like rough and tough kind of guy. And that is why yesterday, when the Niners cut Trey Sermon, I said to a couple of my friends, I said, I hope the Eagles kick the tires on him. Lo and behold, the notification comes through. I think there's a very real chance that Trey Sermon, if he's good enough to be on the roster, then he has a role. Because I didn't think he was ever going to work out in San Francisco to begin with. Because he never made sense in that offense. Yeah. He might just be bad. But if he's not just bad then I don't know. I, I think this says a lot about Kenny Gainwell, probably a little bit about Miles Sanders too. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I um, you know, this part this part of the program brought to you by the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, who gives a shit about Trey Sermon? I do care about, um, I do care about Kenny Gainwell and the rest of them. I think, I think Sermon's depth at this point, I do. Oh, I, I agree he's depth. Yeah, but I think you're right about Kenny Gainwell. I think he is more of the, what you want to call it, the Naheem Hines role, the Amir Abdullah role, the James White role. Look, that is also the Alvin Kamara role to some degree. I mean, you know, in other words, that pass down player, how much uh, early down and goal line do they get? Look, Gainwell did kind of get a little, well, excuse me, Boston Scott got more yeah, goal line touchdowns. than uh, Miles Sanders. P- point is, Miles Sanders didn't get goal line, so, yeah. you know. Uh, Jalen Hurts is the goal line running back. Yeah, that. right. Like, but, just you know, it's clear. true. Um, but, you know, it's like, so at the end of the day, I'm not so sure uh, how much Gainwell gets either. So it's it's very interesting for sure. 
That being said, I wanted to mention Dallas Goddard, who I think is, I just was mentioning, I just want to tell the people in Dynasty, I think Dallas Goddard is closer to the Waller Kittle than he is to the Schultz Hawkinson or whatever, you know, whoever you got next. I think he's closer to the top. And and so for me, uh, I think he's a smash at ADP in redraft uh, because I think he's got the most upside out of anybody in that sort of next five to 10 players, uh, tight ends, or, you know, anybody outside the top five, actually. Um, so, you know, if you're looking for upside outside the top five, it's Dallas Goddard. Um, you know, I've said I, I like the upside of Albert O, but shoot, you know, if Goddard's falling anywhere close, you know, of course I'd take Goddard over Albert O in redraft or, or in any format, right? So Goddard's been hugely efficient and Goddard should be targeted uh, in, in redraft and in dynasty. And again, this is the team that I follow closer than anything else in my life, whether or not that's healthy. Um, but everything that the Eagles beat reporters agree with you, com- everything they're saying agrees with you. Like, yeah. I, one that I trust my favorite Eagles beat reporter, shout out Jimmy Kemsky. Like he, he has basically said on multiple occasions, assuming Dallas has got Dallas Goddard plays a full season. He's going over a thousand yards. There's yeah. no question about it. Like yeah. he's going to have an all pro type season. He's been incredible in camp. Um, and he's, he's just a really, really, he was so insanely efficient last season. He averaged over 20 yards per catch. Yep. Um, and yeah, you throw in volume with that. Yeah. It's yep. he, Wheels he's going to have a good season. Wheels up. Uh, I was listening to the Bill Simmons uh, podcast and uh, his buddy house was on there and they, he's the Washington, you know, fan. He called the, he had another name for him too, but I, I particularly like the Washington C word. Absolutely. My favorite new name for the Washington, whatever the fucks they are. Washington C word going to Washington. I think, uh, you know, um, Antonio Gibson is Tanya Harding. And fucking Brian Robinson is poor Nancy Kerrigan. I think I think he called out this hit. This was a straight up fucking knee shattering. That's why they shot him down low. I mean, this is a real bad look for Antonio Gibson, don't you think? I mean, yeah. Like you asked you asked me before what I thought of a trade, like acquiring Antonio Gibson for I think two future seconds, something that someone had done. And I was like, I mean, it's only a win because one of the other running backs literally got shot. Yeah. And at any point in time, if you're considering something a win purely because an NFL player got shot, that's not really a win. I mean, it's, a win's a win. I mean, a win's a win, but also, like, he still made the 53-man roster with two bullet holes in him. I mean, so, Antonio Gibson, Tanya Harding, I think that's the show, the, oh the name God. of the show. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, God. Yep, Tanya Harding. Honestly, I don't approve of this, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying there needs to be an investigation because he his stock was sinking. Next thing you know, boom, you know, this thing, whole, whole thing happens. Next thing you know, look, I'm the starter. Am I right? You know it, I mean? was two, it was two two hours before I got the notification about him being shot. I got a notification saying that Brian Robinson will most likely be the day one like starting runner. <laughs> I mean, and it's not I a was, coincidence. I was in a draft and Brian Robinson, and this is not the right wording, but he got sniped. Yeah. Um, And I wasn't, my phone was like face down. I was doing it on my computer. About a round later, I look at my phone. It's a notification that he got shot. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Really, truly sad on that one. Yeah. Dodgeable. I mean, the the jokes write themselves. I mean, but it's really not a joke, obviously, because a man was fucking assaulted. Thankfully, he's okay. 
Like, yes, thankfully, and, there's no structural damage, yeah. and he's completely fine. I was kind of rooting for Brian Robinson. I remember even in you know, like the 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 pre-draft stuff, I was starting to warm up to Brian Robinson, and you know, I think he's good, and I think he might be a really good NFL running back. You yeah. know, he's big, strong, durable. Well, he's you know, I mean, wow. goes down easy with one and, little fucking. Two you bullets, know, to be two fair. Bullets. <laughs> two but, bullets, but you know he's durable, and hopefully, hopefully he's back and strong. I mean, obviously, that, that, that you know the, the the nonsense aside. But now I think you got to look at Antonio Gibson. The C's do kind of part for him because JD McKissick is just that a pass down back. But yeah. you know, I'm not sure how good this team will be. Still dealing with the other C word, Carson Wentz. So um, moving on. Uh, all right, moving on to the NFC North. We are going to start with a team that I think that we're. I was surprised that we were both sort of positive about because there's not a ton to be positive about when it comes to this team, but that's the Chicago bears. And like, I expected us to both be kind of Debbie downers uh, because they are terrible. Like, don't get me wrong. They are terrible and their roster is bad. Um, But I think we were both kind of stock up on Justin Fields. Like he looked solid in the preseason. I think he's good. He's not there anymore. Yeah. yeah, I think he's good at football. I think he's a good football player. It's really rough because, like, you know, if you're – I was saying, like, we were talking a little bit pre-show, and I was like, if you are a good fantasy team, like a, a championship team, like you're like, my team is fucking dope, and it's a super flex league, and you look down and Justin Fields is your QB2, you're, like, a little worried. Not be, I mean, for me anyway, not because of Justin Fields' talent level, but, like, how bad – is this team really like their offensive line is like really, really fucking bad. Their weapons are atrocious. Like when you say their weapons are bad, people go Darnell Mooney. And you're like, did you just hear what you said? Yeah, you're weapons like, is plural, bro. Yeah. Like First Cole commit, bro. It's like, dude, what the fuck are you talking? Like, I know those are good NFL players, but like, that's not going to help you, especially when the, the offensive line is so bad, you know, their running backs are actually pretty talented, but come on. This is just a really, really bad team in terms of depth anywhere on offense. They have a new football coach who, you know, has not proven anywhere on offense ever, ever flew. So I don't know. I just don't know. I'm very, very dubious. They have to play kind of a tough division. I mean, I don't want to go play, you know, Minnesota or um, Green Bay and Detroit's fucking biting kneecaps off. I mean, I don't like anything that they've got going on. Um, but Fields, I think, is good. And if he can survive this season, boy, oh, boy. Um, he were to survive. He survive. doesn't need to thrive. Yeah. He literally just needs to survive. So, so bad. But I think Fields, uh, I think it was uh, Scott Barrett actually uh, tweeted. He might have deleted it. I don't know. He was basically comparing Fields to Josh Allen. He might have been contractually obligated to delete that tweet. But uh, I did see it, and it was like, it, he makes a good point. It's like Fields does have this konami upside he is a talented little player so yeah go buy justin fields i'd I'd put feelers out because like i said if you especially a team that's competing a really good team especially if you're middling or um you know rebuilding just go fucking get justin fields you might be able to get like justin fields plus for like a matt stafford or aaron Rodgers, you know which that would be fucking great for a rebuilder so anyway that's my that's my take and i'm sticking to it so real quick before we move on, I just want to say like quick shout out to Adam Schefter. Like I get his notifications, um, but he he is having a lot of fun with the whole Ravens mascot thing. Um, like he made this long update about how the Ravens mascot suffered a season and a season ending knee injury. 
Um, a long thing about Poe is his name. Then tweeted out a picture the moment after Poe's season sadly ended. And then, like, I forgot about it. Four hours later, he tweets, John Harbaugh confirmed the dreaded news. And just, like, quote tweeted the Ravens, John Harbaugh talking about it. It's really stupid, but it's brought a smile to my face. And I just want to say thank you, Adam Schefter, for that. Makes me happy. No, Adam Schefter, I, are you now um, friends with Adam Schefter? Is that what this all about? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. We're best Did friends. you know that Adam Schefter's under five feet tall? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I, right. I've dunked on him before, actually. Like li- literally, we, nerf hoop. We we play pickup basketball. Okay. Moving on. Sun, Sunday afternoons. Come on, we can't bury the lead. This is my new favorite team. Your new favorite team is, um, who, wait, who's next? You'll uh, oh, see. the Lions. Bingo. The Lions. Let's go. Um, you know, so me and Ashley did playoff predictions. Like we we predicted the winner of every game of the NFL season. Really cool website. Um, I had the Lions. And I don't, I, I don't believe so much in the final things, like the final records, but more so like it tells me how I feel about a team. Right. I had the Lions making the playoffs as the seventh seed at 10 and seven, and I was shocked. Right. Um, I don't think that's yes. going to happen. I don't think so either, but I was yeah. like, I like them more than I thought I did, and right. that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, but the Lions, and you have a hot take for me. Well, I, I don't know how hot it is. I just think DeAndre Swift is like the RB2 in Dynasty. Is that hot? I mean, I think I, I, it's not like – you know, you're not saying it's fucking James Robinson, but I don't think it's, you know, cold. I mean, because it's like Najee Harris or DeAndre Swift. Swift, not close for me. Like, I don't want. Fucking... Well, I guess Swift. I guess he literally is our <laughs> dynasty ranking, our number two in is dynasty he? on the website. Yeah, four <laughs> out of five people have him at number two. Dan Bradley has him at three. Yeah. So I mean, I just think he's that good. I mean, you know, I'm looking for a way. I I, I think he's. A little bit underrated. I love taking DeAndre Swift in the second round of of redraft. I mean, are you kidding? If you get something like one of those, you know, like Jamar Chase, DeAndre Swift, it's like, oh, boom. You know, like, I don't know. I just love it. I just think he's, I think he's a really, look, he's got that uh, high floor because he's just going to see targets. Like, he sees a yeah. fucking shit ton of targets. And he's pretty, he's, He's as close to, you know, a CMC type player as we have in this league. And another point in your favor is, uh, do you know who Brad Wire has as his second best offensive line? Ooh, uh, tell me it's the Detroit Lions. It's the Detroit Lions behind only the Philadelphia Eagles. Just throwing that out there. But I'm yeah. telling you, Detroit, you put Gardner Minshew at the quarterback position on that team with this fucking coach in this city, in that offensive line, I'm telling you, you are. Then you go ten and seven and make the playoffs. Detroit Lions, feel free to call me, and we can make a deal for Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew, um, make it happen. I'm, I'm open to it, dude. I'm telling you, and I do. Uh, I I am the official GM of the Philadelphia 70, oh, 76ers. Uh, you are. You're also yep. the. Yep. Yeah. You wear yep. two hats. Multi talented guy over here, and very then my, important in the city of Philadelphia. My, my last note on on the Lions is DJ Shark. I don't know. That's it. I, That's I think, saying. honestly, perfect way to say it. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Thank you. Question mark. I don't know. Yeah. DJ Shark. Um, just saying. We'll uh, see. <laughs> Speculative ad. You know what I mean? If you're fishing around with a little trade and someone's got Shark, eh, you know, just find a way to put him in the deal. That's all I'm saying. I agree. Uh, just move him onto your roster if possible. Don't bend your will because who the fuck knows, but he had a pretty dope, uh, you know, early breakout and – and then hurt himself, and here he is back. New opportunity. Again, if Minshew was quarterback, I'd be wheels up, but it's unfortunately it's 
Jared Goff. Anyway, moving on. So this next team, the Green Bay Packers, you asked me a very interesting question I'll before ask it. we started recording. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You ready for this question? Oh, America. America. I want you to think long and hard. Who are you taking? You're in a startup draft right now. You're on the clock, and both of these players are available, and you must draft one of them in a startup draft. Who are you taking? Romeo Dubs or Christian Watson? Yeah, my answer is still Christian Watson. Okay. Um, we've just I he's still the, he's still the guy in the second round, and that means something. He was taken in the second round. Uh, Dubs was taken in what the fourth round? Yep, fifth round, something like that. Fourth, uh, fourth round. Um, yeah, I just I I don't care honestly. Um, I, I I don't care what the preseason has told us because at the end of the day, like I there's been so many times where that doesn't matter for a day three wide receiver comparatively to a day two wide receiver. Christian Watson is going to get healthy and he's still going to get a ton of opportunities. So yeah, my I mind has not been changed on that long term. Would you say that it is now razor thin close? I'd say it's closer. Closer. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know necessarily about razor thin. Hmm. Uh, it, I wasn't a huge Christian Watson guy before, which I think makes it closer in general, but like, I'm not flipping them. Like if this was rookie draft season, I'm not flipping them in my rankings. Um, they're just moving, you know, dubs is moving up a little bit. Watson's moving down a little bit. So it's closer than it was, but they haven't played a game of NFL football yet. Shit. That I'll matters. take Samori Toure over Christian Watson. I'm joking, but Torrey, that is. T- he made the team. That's the kid. I think it's, in Oh, Nebraska. there he is. There he is. There the he is. Nebra- is it Nebraska? I have no fucking clue. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I've never heard of the. Is this a place, Nebraska? Yeah, he's he is a kid from Nebraska. I'm I was sure right. it's a state. I think. Yeah, it's a place. Uh, anyway, they play football there. But he he's the he's the kid from Nebraska. <clears throat> Excuse me. He made the team as well as basically their seventh wide receiver, which is interesting because I think he's actually hashtag good at football too. And what was interesting, of course, is that they needed this receiver so bad that they burned an early second round pick on the third best receiver they drafted um, out of Torre and Dubs. Ah, I'm dunking on Watson a little bit. I don't know if he's that bad, but I just don't know that he's that much of a prospect when, especially when you had George Pickens available to you uh, with that pick. They could have had Pickens. I mean, that's just just well, crazy. Yeah, that's always going to be. Hey, well, for once, it wasn't the Eagles, though. Yeah, I know it, huh? Speaking Normally, of the Eagles, that's the Eagles. They mo- they moved Rager to go play with uh, Dude, uh, Jefferson. I, Howie Roseman is a dick. Yeah, like he said. Jalen Rager, go stand next to Justin Jefferson a week after saying, hey, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, go stand next to D.K. Metcalf. Yeah. And he knew what he was doing. He knew yeah. Eagles Twitter would fucking love it. So. It's so good. Hysterical. And, um, you know, it's like it's like uh, now Minnesota has that thing. Imagine if we go back to that 2020 draft and you could have just told, like, you know, the Eagles, uh, didn't they trade up? They trade no, they didn't. That no, was no, for they Dillard. They, they did that for Dillard. They 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 were sitting there in front of Minnesota with Rager and Justin Jefferson on the board. Imagine if they were just like you know, hey, you want them both? You know, you can just have them both. Just give us like a fifth round pick. It'll be fine. Like you know, uh, you know. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Oh, we're at the Vikings, which is why you were talking about Rager. Damn it. Bingo. Um. Okay. Well. <laughs> I am good at this, buddy. Vikings. I am good at this. I've done this before. The Vikings. 
You wanted to talk about Rager. This was your. This was I, your. I was clearly joking. I said that he was going to be a future superstar. Clearly, I was kidding. He's going to be standing next to a superstar. That's yeah. for sure. Well, uh, hopefully. At practice, you know. Um, yeah, hopefully, no shit. Yeah. The guy I want to talk about is Dalvin Cook. I think you know. It, look, it's a redraft take, I guess, because I don't fucking know dynasty. But you know, dynasty. I think just Dalvin's going to be great this year. That's the take. That's the take. I mean, I think Dalvin, like for me, is like. RB three and redraft, like right after uh, McCaffrey and um, and and JT, like I'm thinking, you know, of, of course I'm thinking wide receiver, but I'm thinking if I'm taking a running back, I really think for me it's Dalvin. I think he's poised to have a huge year and a high powered offense. He's a really dope running back. We know that. The only question is injuries. Well, you know what? Really, with every running back, injuries are an issue, right? So I mean, look, he might get hurt. He might not get hurt. I don't fucking know. But I do know that he's healthy right now, and he's on a dope offense, and he's he's in his prime. So for me, Dalvin is definitely a player that if I'm rostering him on a team that has a chance of winning, I'm not looking to move him at all. Um, you know, if you sent me like Najee straight up for him, I'd be like, pass. I want Dalvin on a win now team, and you know, I'll wait for him to start dominating to trade him away on a on a team that's rebuilding. So Dalvin Cook, rock and roll. Also, I guess the 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 news with uh, Ty Chandler makes uh, Madison a little bit tradable. I think Ty Chandler might be somewhat also good talks at football. Of Madison yeah. getting traded. Yeah, I think that's what from I think, the Vikings. Yeah, I think so. Ty Chandler kind of made that possible. Yeah. So and Ty uh, Chandler think, might I be. I think a they like Kenne and Guanu. Yeah, well, yeah however I think they name? like him a little bit. So yeah, he's fast. Uh, and I think I I want to say Matt, Madison has to be a free agent after the season, right? But Kenny and Guanu, despite how good he is, will never be good at football because he once tore his Achilles. We know that. Oh, well, that's a fair point. Yep. Um, and Moving I'm, on. I'm check. Wait, sorry. I'm checking to see if yeah, Madison is a free agent next season. So. Yeah, that's why they want to trade him. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody wants him because he's average. I mean, what the fuck? We you know every team ha- you know it's like Sony Michelle Spiller. What the fuck do I want? Madison. This is another guy. Anyway, moving on. Dunking on Madison real quick. Uh, yeah. Uh, so next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons, and I think we uh, both agreed that there wasn't much to talk about here, but the thing we wanted to talk about was a uh, guy you might have heard of, and that's Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's the he's that skeleton key that could unlock again this year. I mean, he kind of did it last year. Look, if he scores six or seven touchdowns, he has one of the, you know, he, he, he returns value last year, but he just didn't score enough touchdowns. He did get to 1,000 yards. Uh, we would assume he'll get to 1,000 yards again this year for sure. I mean, again barring injury. And, um, you know, so I, I, I love Kyle Pitts as the sort of that, that third round pick. I think I'd pass on Kelsey, you know, uh, in a redraft setting and I try and get Pitts as a third round pick. If you can pick, th- uh, Pitts in the third, my goodness, he's, he's winning for you. I know. I've, uh, what do you think of this? A lot of people I've heard say that Pitts is like the, the 1.01 in all formats. And like, there's so many people who take this really aggressive stance on how high Pitts's value is. And I get it. I get it. Because I mean, if you could tell me that Kyle Pitts will be like what uh, Kelsey has been, but for the next eight to 10 years, then yeah, maybe that's true. What are your thoughts about that? I mean, I think at the end of the day, tight end is still a onesie position. And assuming we're talking like a super flex dynasty league, like, it's a lot harder to win with 
a bunch of garbage at quarterback yeah. than it is with Tyler Conklin in your tight ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, because how many teams aren't going to have Kyle Pitts? Right. All, all of them, them except yeah. one. And yeah. I, I feel like by making that kind of statement, you're basically saying that by having Kyle Pitts, you will win a championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good point. Um, right. And obviously, like, that's on the extremist end of it. But, like, you're kind of leaning in that direction with that statement. And yeah, I, you know, I agree with I, that. I like Kyle Pitts a lot. <laughs> and I, I've talked him up on this podcast and his value. And but I, I don't know. I don't know about a statement that strong. Yep. No, I'm with you. I think he is clearly the tight end one, obviously, in Dynasty. That's for fucking sure. Um, you know, so, but I, yeah, I, I, I find that the same thing. Yeah, it's almost like he's like, a, you know, if you have a luxury home, he's like, a, you know, the infinity edge pool. It's like, man, without that, I wouldn't be happy. But yeah, you need the home first, you know? Um, yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like yeah. just having pits doesn't do it. But yeah, I get you. The, the, two, the two bits of value I find on this team right now, man, Cordero Patterson. You know, Cordell Patterson could be an, uh, a a great uh, buy for like if you can get him for a twenty three third, especially if you're a good team, that might end up being a late twenty three third, and you know he just sort of plays flexy for you and helps you win. Flexy. Uh, Cordell Patterson, heck of a nice little value, and then Brian Edwards also I think could be some value going forward here. And I know you wanted to pour one out for your boy. Uh yeah, Auden Tate, man. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yep. R.I.P. Um, I feel like I've been stashing him since I was born, and he didn't even make this roster that uh, kept Kaderil Hodge and right. Jared Bernhard. Yes. So, dude, it was so funny. Like early in out. the early in the off season, there were so many Auden Tate WR one tweets. Yep. Like it's incredible. They're like, dude, there it is, Auden Tate, and I was like are we sure about that? Like, I don't know about that. That was before the draft, of course, before they brought in, before they traded for Edwards. Yes. But still, I mean, I thought that was kind of a little bit preemptive. uh, Just a tad. Sure enough. He didn't even make the team moving on Carolina Panthers. I, uh, I find this to be a a very solved equation team as well. It's like DJ Moore is the alpha CMC gets everything else. Like he gets it all, you know, running and, and targets. They have zero tight ends of any, um, of any note. I know you're going to mention one, but the point of the matter is you don't think he's anything worth anything in redraft. And so then it comes down to like, okay, Robbie Anderson, we'll see what he is, but now they have a very interesting sort of, you know, two wide receiver battle between Terrace Marshall and LaVisca Chenault, two terribly disappointing players early in their career. Do you think either one of them will break out in any, any sort of way? No. No, yeah. No, I mean, like, I just, there, I don't think there's enough on this offense to allow that to happen. It's really mm. the biggest thing. Like, um, you, you st- it, it, yeah, it's better than if Sam Darnold's a starter, but it's still Baker Mayfield. Um, and, you know, for him, for a guy to, like, really break out, like, they're going to have to overtake DJ Moore, DJ Moore or Christian McCaffrey. Like, I yeah. guess if CMC's injured again, maybe. But um, the guy that I like... Uh, yes. This is the first of two uh, is uh, Tommy Tremble uh, yeah. going into his second year uh, tight end. Um, yeah, he's hyper athletic, um, yeah. super athletic. Didn't do a ton of pass catching in college, um, but is a really good blocker. So he's going to be able to stay on the field. Yep. Um, but second season, I really like him as a talent. Um, he is a guy that, again, like I, I, I already have stashed everywhere. Exactly, um, but I I would make a you know a low ball offer. See if you can just grab him, put him on the back of your bench because 
he's the type of guy that profiles in a way that he can be a standout tight end because yeah. he has those physical attributes. Yeah. I mean, he could easily be a, 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 a starter yeah. and get some looks. So I'm, I'm with you. I mean, anytime you can stash these tight ends, you just want to have a, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a bunch of them on the back of your roster. So that way, when, and if they start doing anything, you've got them to be able to play. And that's really all they are. Cause it's outside the top few, all these guys are who knows what. I mean, Ian Thomas right now is listed as the starter. I agree with you. That's as fragile a starting tight end as there is in the league. Tommy Tremble, very likely to be better, but not sure it matters at all, as we said on the outside of the Panthers, but I'm with you. Tommy Tremble worth the stash. Moving to the Saints. Man, oh, man. This team actually uh, could be good. Like, it's kind of like, I don't know, man. They, they've got a really solid roster. Offense and defense, they've got great weapons like Olave, Landry, um, Michael Thomas, and then even like, you know, I mean, Marcus Calloway, Traquan Smith is like their backups. You know what I mean? Like, they've got good players. Uh, their tight ends, like, I don't know, Taysom Hill's kind of fucking good. You know what I mean? Like, he's like a good football player. Like, he gets to kind of do Taysom Hill shit all over the place, and he's kind of well, badass. He was able to do Taysom Hill shit all over the place when Sean Payton was the head coach. True that. Uh, we'll see what happens. I we agree with that. We don't, we know, have what no we don't know what clue. Dennis Allen wants out of Taysom Hill. We have no clue. clearly not to be a quarterback. Yeah, we have no clue. We have no clue. I agree with that. And, you know, Troutman and, you know, obviously the running backs, you know, Kamara's unbelievable. You know, um, uh, Ingram is, you know, solid or whatever. So it's just interesting. They've got a lot of, lot of talent, and it all falls on one of my favorite NFL players, not that I so like 30, him, but 30 himself. Oh, totally awesome. Jameis Winston. It's just so entertaining. I mean, you never watch a Jameis game and go, oh, this is boring. It's like, no, it's not fucking <laughs> that's, boring. That's very true. That is a very good way of putting that. Yeah, it's not boring. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what happens. I know you love uh, Chris Olave, especially even in redraft. Yes. Yeah, I, I just, I, in redraft especially, I just find him in a very sweet spot where like, yep. I just feel like his upside outweighs the upside of a lot of guys around him. Yeah. Um, obviously, I like him in Dynasty. Uh, I, I I like his talent and stuff. Um, regardless of whether or not he was drafted too high, he's there. I agree. Um, I think he's going to be really good. More than anything for Dynasty, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I love Adam Troutman. Uh, very similar things that I had to say about Tommy Trimble, uh, except Adam Troutman has really showed it to us before. He just had unfortunate injury timing in terms of when he was starting to get hot. He got injured. Um but yeah, I, I mean, if this offense is going to thrive, I, Adam Troutman is a piece of it. And I think that he is truly the starting tight end, whereas Taysom will be kind of a football player. And I say that very specifically because I think he's just going to be doing a bunch of random shit. I don't think he's going to be a tight end per se. What about, um, like, this is a good question. Uh, in terms of rookie wide receivers, who do you think is going to lead the NFL in rookie wide receivers fantasy points this year i'd say drake london has a pretty good shot of being number one but i think i'd pick olave second on that list ahead yeah. of even garrett wilson potentially uh yeah i think those are my burks. top two i, I mean, don't i don't think it's burks i don't neither. think it's wilson yeah um because i think you can make an argument that olave could possibly be the alpha on this team drake i mean london. michael thomas but yeah no i, I know, what, I know what i said i know yeah. what i said oh um hey, excuse me i just mike i it's been two years since yeah. we've seen Michael Thomas play football. Like literally. Let alone be good at it. Yeah. Um, I like Michael Thomas, but he did what he did with Drew Brees, who yeah. 
is not going to throw the ball in the same way that Winston does. True that. Um, yeah. So no, I think Olave's got all the ceiling space that he yeah. needs. I agree. And and uh, you know we know Winston is not afraid to throw the ball down the field. I think Olave. I agree with you, man. With I think it's. I think Olave has a very good chance to be the number one scoring rookie uh, wide receiver. Is all I'm getting at. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh yeah yeah so uh, next up in the NFC South last actually we have the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you know, uh, Tom Brady is like back after his sabbatical, I guess. I guess that's what you call it when you're 45 years old and playing NFL football. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, you wanted to talk about uh, a running back not named Leonard Fournette. It's a Rashad White team now. I mean, it's is awesome. I mean, you know, Leonard Fournette obviously is the man there, and I think he's going to be a great redraft player. But look, he's older. Could easily get hurt. I just see so much upside with Rashad White. I think that this should be a good team uh, with opportunities to be winning big. And I just think they're going to find a way to get Rashad White involved. I mean, it's Gio Bernard and Keyshawn Vaughn holding him back from opportunity. Um, I mean, I think he's already the backup, honestly. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's so clear, you know. So he's the backup and he's got that super high upside if, if you know, if something were to happen to Fournette. So yeah, huge upside uh, should something happen. And I think he's got standalone value a la, you know, Tony Pollard type of thing from the last couple of years. That's kind of what I'm seeing with, you know, Rashad White going forward. You know, we just would hope that Tony Pollard could have his own backfield and a, and a, and a great team. Uh, well, it's possible that either Pollard or Rashad White could have that with a Zeke or Fournette high ankle sprain or some shit like that, you know? So, but I think they still hold, you know, uh, standalone value because of how high powered the offense is, how many plays they run both Dallas and Tampa Bay play fast. Um, you know, Brady and Dak play very, very fast. They like to throw the ball a lot, Brady even more so, you know, and he likes to target hyper target his running backs out of the backfield. Rashad white, an excellent pass catcher. So, you know, here we are Rashad white wheels up. Um, and I think that's kind of it. I think everything else there is just sort of, we, we kind of know what it is. It's like, we have a lot of injury concerns at the wide receiver position. So a little bit of hot potato there, whether it's, you know, Mike Evans or Julio Jones or Russell Gage or Chris Godwin, all of them a little bit sneaky injury stuff going on there, but between the four of them, two of them should be on the field at all times over the course of the season. So just hopefully the one that you drafted in your redraft league or the one that you're rostering in your in your dynasty league stays healthy. But that's I will about say all the one I got. thing. The one thing that's worrying me, generally yeah. speaking, as a Tom Brady manager uh, in a couple dynasty places, um, but also you know manager of some of those other guys is the one thing that has been Tom Brady's kryptonite throughout his career is pressure up the middle. Yeah, and he has now lost some of his interior offensive line. And I think that is really scary and not something that we can just overlook simply. Um, yeah. That might translate to more receptions to the running back or Chris Godwin slash Russell Gage or whoever is in that kind of close to the line of scrimmage role. Um, Kyle Rudolph, I don't know. But like, yeah. I, I it's it, it scares me because that along with the loss of Bruce Arians, who is the guy who wanted to, you know, he's always been, you know, throw it deep, risk it for the biscuit type of guy. Yeah. Um. So... It's just kind of sitting in the back of my mind. I don't know if I'm doing much with the information, but no, I'm it's aware just a little scary it. as all. I'm, I'm aware of it. it. Yeah. yeah. And I think others should be aware of it. Uh, but uh, all right. Moving on to our last division, we've got the NFC West and we're starting 
uh, in Arizona with the Cardinals. And I wanted to talk about uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown, who I know I've said on this podcast that I think he has been criminally underrated since being in the NFL. He's had some stretches of just being a dominant fantasy wide receiver. And that was on an offense that didn't pass the ball a lot. Now he's back with his college quarterback uh, in a college and a system very similar to his college system where they are throwing the ball a lot. And DeAndre Hopkins is missing the first six weeks of the season, and they don't have a ton else going on uh, in terms of pass catchers. Uh, Obviously, Rondell Moore didn't prove a ton last season, but he's there. Zach Ertz is old, but he's there. A.J. Green is bad, but he's there. Um, All that to say that I think Hollywood is just, I, I, I think he has the possibility to be like a league winner type guy this season. Like, I'm taking him everywhere on redraft because he's a very good price where he's at. And legitimately, like, I think he's I, I think him and Kyler are just going to be on the same wave, same wavelength because they're going to spend their weekends playing Call of Duty. Um, yeah. And man, I just I think he has the ability to break, break fantasy this season. You know, I I, uh, I did my projections early in the year and I started to do them again last night after the cuts and everything. And I'll I'll finish them up hopefully here in the next couple of days. I posted my AFC West and I had someone hop in and, and ask me, hey, why so low on Hollywood Brown? And you know what? They were right. I went back and I looked and yeah, yeah, they were right. And I was like, man, I am low on him. I had him about at a 20% target share and that's too low. It's too low. He's, he's going to get more than that. And and part of the reason for that was I was trying to figure out what happens when, you know, uh, when Deandre Hopkins comes back, who's a target magnet, obviously. I mean, this dude, I mean, he, he plays, he gets targets. That's that. So he's going to come back and he's going to get targets. But I think it's then it's just going to be those two guys for the most part. And I, I went back and I looked at Marquise Brown over the course of his career. Um, in in his rookie season, he was top 22 with a 27% target rate, a 19% target share. His rookie season. You know, so he was a he was a target magnet in his rookie season. You go to his second season in 2020, he was number seven in the NFL in target share at 26%, yep. uh, a 23% target rate. Again, top 26. Last year, he was top 12 and top 14 in both at a 27% clip in both target share and target rate. He just gets targets, and for that reason, it would be uh, it, it would just be wrong of me to keep him down at 20%. That's not correct, so I fixed it. And I agree with you. I think uh, in this offense, he could have a gigantic season and he probably will outperform ADP in all likelihood. I think it may be that it slows down a little bit in the second half of the season when DeAndre Hopkins comes back, but it probably stays very much the same. And Hopkins just renders guys like AJ Green and others completely useless in the second half of the season. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Yeah. So I fixed it. Sorry. Thanks, people. That's why you post Thank that you stuff. Thank you for apologizing. Yeah, I you post that it. stuff and someone goes, what are you, an idiot? And you go, maybe. Yeah. Let's check it out. Yeah. Turns out I'm fucking stupid, you know? So that's how you get better. Uh, listen to people. Don't just, you know, hold on to your stupid takes. Uh, so, yeah, Marquise Brown, definitely in for a huge season. Very, very likely. So, yeah, you got uh, me there. Now, moving on to Los Angeles, mm. uh, I think the, the biggest topic of conversation, yeah. uh, and I, I think we were disagreeing on this at least a little bit yeah. uh, before the podcast, but uh, it's, you know, it's the running back situation. It's Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. Um, Sean McVay has come out and said that he believes he has two starters 
in those two guys. Um, but the value of those two are drastically different right now. Yeah. And I think that is why I find myself with a lot of Daryl Henderson, uh, both in redraft and dynasty. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it hurts my feelings because, of course, I love Cam Akers. And I, I kind of liked Daryl Henderson coming out, too. I, I did. So I like both these players. And I think you're right. At ADP, Daryl Henderson poses more value. Um, look, Cam Akers has the legitimate you know, top six RB in the NFL upside in this offense if he is healthy, strong, and effective. But those are a lot of ifs. Um, you know, first of all, the health. Um, you know, I think there's some atrophy that comes with the Achilles. He looked like he was moving fine enough. I mean, he's on an NFL field. We'll see what the full off season does and whether or not he was able to gain enough strength to be back to, you know, running a four, four, four 40 and that explosion and all the things you need to be dope. One of the things with Cam Akers was he was never like this, like, you know, he didn't win with guile. He was like, he was just explosive. And yeah. so one of the things that with him, the the concern with a, an Achilles is if some of that was sapped, he's not going to win with like, oh, he's such a great decision maker in the hole and all yeah. this. No, that's not who he is. So if he's not good and he's not as explosive as he once was, not good. Um, so Daryl Henderson, while he's not necessarily the you know most nuanced runner either, um, you know it just could be a you know a split where who knows who's getting it. And in that case, when- Daryl Henderson returns value. Yeah, and I think when Henderson is healthy, he's actually going to be healthy, whereas Cam Akers is kind of like, quote-unquote, healthy. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. That's that's the big question. Healthy for Cam Akers is not the Cam Akers necessarily that he was two years ago. Healthy for Daryl Henderson means he's playing. Cam Akers can be playing and not be healthy and what we want him to be. And I think that's kind of the difference is one of them has had that major Achilles injury. Yeah, Um, and then I would be remiss not to mention the big big news. Uh, Look... The Los Angeles Rams have Allen Robinson, have Cooper Cup. Those guys are going to see gigantic target share, okay? Huge. Van Jefferson saw a lot of targets. He's probably going to see a pretty good amount of targets. Tyler Higby, probably going to see a lot of targets. Those are your starters, okay? Don't get it twisted. But after that, they've got like Ben Skoranek. He's awful. Yep. Brandon Powell. I don't even know who that is. Tutu Atwell, literally... Hard to see on the field because he's so small. Yep. But they kept all those guys, six wide receivers, and then they kept Lance McCutcheon. Lance McCutcheon was dominant at a small school. He yep. was dominant in the preseason. He's 6'3", 205. My goodness. I think Lance McCutcheon is immediately better than all those other three shitbags and puts himself into the conversation of playing time with Van Jefferson. And if something were to happen to any of these guys – Lance McCutcheon has huge upside because he actually is good at football. And that's why they kept him as the seventh wide receiver on this team. So go get Lance McCutcheon, put a little fab. If you have to put him on your roster, you probably already do. Cause if you listen to this, you're fucking awesome. So put Lance McCutcheon on your roster. He's in every, he's, he's rostered in every league I'm in now. So yeah, Lance McCutcheon, make sure it happens. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, we got two teams left. Uh, one of them significantly more exciting than the other. Uh, and yes. we'll start with the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, we're going to um, go out on a dud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so starting with the 49ers, obviously Trey Sermon's gone. Elijah Mitchell's the starter. Jeff Wilson and Tyrion Davis-Price, uh, the serial killer, are uh, the you know primary backups. But uh, you wanted to talk about a guy named Jordan Mason. 
yeah, I mean, the team over Trey Sermon. Unbelievable, right? I mean, we were talking about it at the very beginning of the of the uh, off season, and um, you know, I was like, "Hey, watch out for Jordan Mason. Could do something. Might make the team." You know, and it was a not a very good chance. And then he makes it over last year's third round pick. So guy they traded up for and Trey Sermon. Uh, so Jordan Mason out of Georgia Tech makes the team. I just thought it was interesting that you know they did choose talent over draft capital. So. That tells me all you need to know that they really, really, really thought that Jordan Mason was definitely better than Trey Sermon because if they were close or even, they're taking the guy with the draft capital, period. Not only draft capital, but they traded draft capital to make that pick. So unbelievable. A lot of draft capital invested in Trey Sermon, but they said, fuck it, get this guy out of here. Jordan Mason, way better. So, yeah, they they also let let go of Jamaica Hasty. So it's really, you know, um, TDP, Wilson, Mitchell, and Mason. And, you know, <laughs> I, I who was it? I was listening to somebody. They were like, just go get a few of these guys, you know. Um, and it's the same thing in, in San Francisco. Just get as many of these guys as you can because at one point or another, They're one of them is going to be good, RB1. just like Mitchell was last year. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I got something uh, for you here. I want, I want to tell you something. Let me don't. just – In the last few years, the San Francisco 49ers, since 2018, have not run more than 1,000 plays. They topped out at 991 two years ago. They don't pass the ball very much. They tend to run more than they pass. They're very, very close to 50-50 almost every single year. That pretends to go up with the rushing attempts. So my question is, if they run the ball 450 times and pass it 450 times or 475 and 475, I actually projected them to throw the ball 465 times and run it 485 times, 950 total plays. If Trey Lance only throws the ball 450 to 500 times, it's going to be very, very difficult for him to return value. I did their projections. I might've been a little low, but I'm just saying this sort of, don't worry, Trey Lance is a top 10, you know, quarterback. I'm not sure that he is. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm off Trey Lance as a, as a redraft play, uh, as a top 10 quarterback. And I, I know people hate this. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I disagree with you just wholeheartedly because there it the, is. It, he doesn't, it, he doesn't need to like, he doesn't need to pass so many times to return value. Yeah. He, he just doesn't. What's he got to do then? Run the fucking ball. Okay. Which is what he does really yeah. well. And it's yeah. broken. It is broken in fantasy for a quarterback to run the ball. That's how he returns value. And by the way, to return value, he doesn't like he doesn't need to be a top three quarterback, which his upside is. Like you get him in the ninth or tenth round in redraft leagues right now. I've done it in my past two drafts, got taken him in the tenth round. Um and ninth round, I think one of them, because it was a fourteen team league. But like he doesn't need like oh, damn it. I wish you had said this before. Uh, but like, <laughs> I like look at like if we look at Jalen Hurts, he passed the ball. Fuck, where is it? Um, he passed the ball uh, four hundred and thirty-two times last season. That he returned his value. I'd say a decent bit. He did uh, a decent bit. Um, now I feel like Lamar Jackson in his, uh, MVP year was probably more than that, but I don't, again, I'm going to look right now. 
no, uh, no, that's actually completely untrue. He threw the ball 401 times in his MVP season. Uh, he that is the most of his career, 376 and 382. Um, Trey Lance does not need to throw the ball 400. He could, if he throws the ball 450 times, I actually I think that means he will be a top five quarterback because the rushing will happen. <clears throat> like okay. I, I think it's entirely dependent on the rushing. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so he's got to be really good at running the football. Is he that good at running the football? Yes. Okay. Do you yes. know what he averaged uh, per carry last year? I mean, no, but I don't. It's not the same. I mean, it is a little bit. I like, mean, it's you know, not, though. It, it being used a little as bit. a gadget player is completely different. Mm. Because uh, I'm not just talking about, like, planned runs. I'm talking about, like, like, like Jalen Hurts looked like a very different quarterback when he was coming in for random-ass plays, uh, coming in for Carson Wentz versus when he had the whole season as a starter because a lot of the big runs were, okay, I'm dropping back. I'm passing. Nothing is there. I'm going to take off and run. And when you have the ball in your hand, 50 plays a game. Yeah. Some are going to be nothing, but there's a very high chance that some are going to be, you know, 10, 15, 20 yard run for a touchdown uh, because you just have so much more volume and opportunity to do it. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I yeah, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to be a better passer for sure. Uh, as in in the games he started, he was you know basically a fifty percent passer. Um, you know, except for that Houston game, he was very good. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I I wonder what they're gonna do with him. I wonder how good he's gonna be. They kept Jimmy G. Very very interesting stuff happening there. If they if he's not good enough to win. They're going to get a little antsy. Could they go to Jimmy G? I don't know, man. I'm just so interested in watching this Trey Lance stuff play out. I totally see the ceiling. I just wonder if anybody is even looking down at the floor, if anybody's even just considering what could possibly happen with the Trey Lance floor. The floor is still really good because of the rushing. Well, the floor is that he's not in the NFL. I mean, <laughs> like, sure. I, but you can say that about literally anyone. No. Yes, he's a, he no because he's a top three pick in the at the quarterback position, which buys him years in the NFL. What you just said, you can say about literally any player because I'm talking about quarterbacks here. I'm okay, just saying once say, a quarter you can t- say it about literally any quarterback, not then, Mac Jones. He, he, yeah, you can. No, no. What I'm saying is Mac Jones has proven that he's an NFL quarterback. Yeah, but this is we haven't seen it yet. This, with is this kid. basically Trey Lance's rookie year. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, so that's what I'm saying is you can say that before any single player rookie before season, their yes. rookie year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that doesn't change the fact that because he was drafted top three means, yes, we're going to look at the ceiling. But yes, the floor, because we've never seen him really, is always going to be out of the NFL. Like, Oftentimes, I agree with what you're saying. I just don't think it matters. When, when, when Lamar Jackson had his big breakout season, he was like a late-round quarterback that year, right? Yeah. You know? Trey is a late-round quarterback this year. Okay. Okay. And also, Lamar Jackson was drafted 32nd overall. Jalen Hurts was in the second round. Trey Lance was third overall. Yeah, and sure. And we know there's a difference. Yes, but that doesn't make him good or not. It I'm just not, makes him, it gets him a little bit more opportunity. I agree. It, it tethers him to, you know, hey, you better be fucking good, you know, because we paid you a lot of money. But I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just asking questions here, man. I don't know. I don't I have know, an I, opinion. I, I, I don't no, know. I, like, 
I, I everything you've said is true, but I don't. I think you're approaching it in a way that is, like, yeah, like, but does it fucking matter? Like, if I go outside and get hit by a car, will I die? Like, yeah, probably. But like, we're on a podcast talking about football. That doesn't fucking matter. I'm not outside. Like, yeah, could Trey Lance be out of the NFL in four years? Absolutely. Not four years. I'm talking about this year. Like, not, oh, not, not out, of the be NFL. out of the NFL Hold on. next year. I'm talking about this year. What is he going to do? Is he going to start 17 games? If he's healthy, yes. What if he's shitty? If he's really, really bad? Yeah. And it doesn't matter because you drafted him in the ninth or 10th round. Not in a dynasty startup you didn't. This is a dynasty well, podcast. Then, but then is, again. Then I was again. just arguing with some guy on, on, on Twitter, and he was like, I said he's a first-round uh, Superflex startup, and he goes, he's, his ADP is 15. It's like, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Fucking the turn, the one-two turn, like that's a fucking valuable startup pick. That's you what know, that's Trevor a, Lawrence was last year. How, how, how do people feel about that right now? Right, not you know, great, not but he's very not out good. Of the NFL, no, but exactly because but the, but he actually that, but, showed something. My point oh is, my what? God. A, what do you mean? No, you can't. No, the, look, I'm in on Trevor Lawrence too. He didn't. Sh- he barely showed anything last year. That is about as bad of a season from a guy that you can still want to have hope for from the first overall pick as you could possibly have. Again, what I'm saying is, I don't like that investment. I didn't make that investment. I didn't invest in any of those three guys at that cost because I think there's so much risk that they're just not that good. I mean, you know, I don't have very much of these guys for this reason. Like, you know, do we know he's going to be any good? That's all I'm asking. And I think that his value in dynasty does not bake into that at all. It has none of it baked in there. If he's on the field, he's going to be good for fantasy. Agreed. And like, I, I, I truly think it is that simple. He has a much higher floor than Trevor Lawrence or Justin. I mean, Justin Fields is kind of in that same conversation. I was going to say Justin. Rushing, F- I think, but it's just think, a much worse offense. That's the difference between the two of them. Okay, but. take your take your fantasy brain off for a second. But we're talking about fantasy. I know, I know, I know, okay. I know. But when we talk about quarterbacks, their longevity in this league has very little to do with that. Which is sure. the whole Jalen Hurst thing, right? They're like, oh my god, sure. is he going to even play next year? Like, oh shit, I hope so. He's fucking dope for my fantasy team, right? So okay, sure. take your take your fantasy brain off for a quick second. It's off. Okay. We're starting a franchise. Okay. Or we have a franchise. Doesn't matter. Jalen Hurts dies in a car accident tomorrow. <laughs> right? Fuck, man. Yeah. You, you're the one who brought up these car accidents. You started with the car accidents. Admittedly. Yeah, myself getting killed. Not Jalen Hurts. I know. Well, first you shot Brian Robinson. Side character. Side character. I did not shoot <laughs> Brian Robinson. Oh, yeah. That's Bennett, Tanya Harding. cops listening. Yeah. All right. Listen. So... You get to choose a player to start 17 games for your Philadelphia Eagles next year. First choice, like Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah, sure. Right? Whatever, right? Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, right? Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Right? I'm going to – exactly. Matt Stafford or Trey Lance? Does Matt Stafford have the weird elbow thing? Right now, you have 17 games of this player going forward this year. I, right I know now, I'm getting to win the Super out of him. Well, I mean, whatever. Well, Matt you know, has a really weird fucking elbow injury. Like Kirk I, Cousins or Trey Lance. Trey Lance. No fucking way. For wait, am I speaking about the future too? No, this year, right One now. One season. One season, right now. Eagles. Right now. 
Kirk Cousins on the Eagles, sure. This year, right now, okay. one season. You just sure, get Kirk. one season of this player. Sure. The, in the NFL, Dak Prescott yep. or Trey Lance? Dak Prescott. Russell Wilson, Trey Lance. I mean, Russell Wilson. Trevor Lawrence. That's really hard. Tre- Trevor Lawrence. To me, it's Trevor Lawrence. Mac Jones. It's probably... I guess it's Mac, yeah. You, you know what I mean? I'm not saying... Like, I get the upside. Look, if, if he's good, this sounds like a dumb fucking question, right? Because if he's good, he's great. You know what I mean? I've said this a million times. Like, if he's good, he's fucking unbelievable. Like, we're watching Malik Willis. Like, they're not sure... Like, think about how electric Malik Willis looked in the preseason. Yes. And unbelievable. And but yet, why isn't he starting? Chose Trey Lance. Why isn't he starting? Like, if he's that good, it's because it's the NFL, and like in the NFL, it's third and eight. <laughs> you're not gonna fucking run for it, bro. You know, I, I you're gonna agree. have to fucking make a throw here. Speaking you know, and from an NFL point of view, not fantasy. Not I agree fantasy. With what, I agree with what you said, and I'm sure the Niners would probably swap Trey Lance with most of those players. But the fact remains is that they knew who they were drafting. They yes. chose to draft Trey Lance. Yes. Which means they believe in him as a player, and they think that he was worthy of the number three overall pick. Yeah. So they think he has that talent. They yes, did choose I, him they would, over. They, would they did choose him, him over Fields. Yes. You yeah, know what I mean? mean? Mac Jones was chosen. No, sorry, no, he wasn't. No, um, but they chose him almost. over those two guys. Yes. And I, yeah, I mean, it was they were. It was thought that they might be Mac Jones, and like. Trey Lance has a higher ceiling than Mac Jones. No doubt about it. Obviously. Like, yeah, Mac, Trey Lance has the ceiling. Like, he could be the number yeah. one overall player in the league. I get all that. I get the ceiling. I just wonder about the floor. That's all. And, and here we are. I mean, the floor I, from an NFL perspective whew. is tougher, but it's also Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, that's which right. Which means the floor is better. It is. Because that's Kyle right. Shanahan is a fucking incredible offensive mind in the NFL. Yep. And that's it's a awesome. more stability than team is great they've got a good defense they're likely not yes. just playing from fucking behind all the time yeah i get it all the the outside zone the whole thing it's great yes i'm with you so here we are okay i'm just i just want to talk it through just make sure everybody knows trey lance isn't some fucking slam dunk he is a, a slam dunk dope fantasy asset if he's good at actual nfl football which i think he probably is i mean if you ask me i think he probably is and i, and think-, I think he's gonna be and I but think the key word there is we'll he only has to be good at NFL yes. football. Jalen Hurts think was not a good, good passer last season. Yeah. He was I think not. he's going to be good just for the record. I, I think he did. Yeah. But I'm just like, I'm open to the idea that it's like, wait, whoopsie daisy. You know, I'm so, open anyway. to the idea that he's a shit passer. Yeah. But Jay, like Jalen Hurts has literally proved to us you don't need to be a good passer. Right. Jalen Hurts was not that good of a pass. They also did not win passes. the Super Bowl. Like, you yeah, know, they also didn't. You're right. You know, I went back and I looked at all the Super Bowl wins like Stafford, Brady. You know, it's oh, like, yeah. No, no running oh, quarterbacks. that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, but that yeah. doesn't change the fact that NFL teams are still investing in them. Correct. Again, yes. I I agree with you. Yeah. If I'm starting on Madden, oh Madden's okay. If I'm Madden's different, I, I know, want yeah, Madden's yeah. If I'm the GM of a real football team, <laughs> yes, yes I would much Madden, prefer of to have yeah. Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes yeah. over Lamar Jackson, right. which is also probably why Lamar hasn't necessarily gotten his contract yet. Uh, but. Uh, yeah. It's just it's also negligible because there aren't enough of those to go around. That's right. That's right. So yeah. All right. Now that awesome conversation. Yeah, off- let's end on a down note. Let's talk about Fucking. the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. All right. So th- this was the point that I guess I-, I I wanted to make was there's not a lot to be there's not a lot exciting going on here. No, um, it's really but- bad. 
I, I would they, like, hey, wait, no, wait. They do have something exciting. They hung on to Pete Carroll. Great. Fucking oh, just wait. great. Um, I was watching the Manti Teo documentary. Me too. Pretty uh, good. Yeah, really good, actually. A lot of stuff I didn't know. Yeah, me too. Um, I actually, yeah. my dad, huge Notre Dame fan. Yeah. Um, granted, he is suffering early signs of dementia, so uh, I'll take all of this with a grain of salt. But I said, hey, Dad, you remember Manti Teo? He goes, yeah. I said, yeah, the one with the fake girlfriend, they just did a documentary about him. He's like, oh, yeah, he's gay. I'm like, what? No, like, yeah, that was that. I uh, Clearly, it was never reported. Like, cause it was reported that he was gay, huh. and that's why he that's why he faked the whole thing. But huh. it was never... Like it was never as extremely reported that what actually happened. So, by the way, the, yeah, you know yeah. what my biggest takeaway was? Hmm. He should have gone to USC. Yeah. yeah, that was the fucking main yeah. thing. Like, I, I mean, yeah. although he was great at Notre Dame, he was great fair. at Notre like, Dame. He was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty um, cool. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, I saw Pete Carroll, and he still looked old as fuck, and that was just like wow. Yeah, yeah no, and that was like 15 years ago because he was <laughs> right. at USC. Yes. Um, but yeah, so the thing that I wanted to bring up was go uh, check your waiver wire for DJ Dallas or Travis Homer because Rashad Penny is Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker has already been injured um, yeah. and we don't know if he's 100% healthy. So if you're telling me that in week two, uh, Travis Homer is the starting running back, I'm not going to be shocked. Yeah, so exactly. Go it check might... your waiver wire. Go trade a fifth for him. Like <laughs> Literally. Yeah, like it's, you never know what's going to happen and there's worse players to keep stashed on the back of your roster. Yep. I agree, and uh, everything else there is really... Oh, my guy, Derek Young, made the team. I'll tell you what, that's the guy to the go stash, fuck? too. Huh? I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Absolute huh. fucking monster. He went to Lenore Ryan. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, he's Incredible. like the wide receiver yes, version of Julius Chestnut. Oh, of course he is. Yeah, he made the team. He's an absolute stud. He's like 6'3", two. He's like basically DK Metcalf, like... Physically, you know what I mean? 224, yeah. Yeah, dude. He's an absolute yeah, monster. Nice. You know, take all these, uh, you know, D. Eskridge and all these other fucking shit bags. That guy should be the, you know, the, the third wide receiver on this team. Hopefully you can pick it up. And he's actually got legitimate upside from the backside of your roster. So rather than these other guys who will Maybe never do year, shit, like- this guy will likely never do shit. But if he does <laughs> anything, he'll be dope. So that's what you want. So anyway, that's the guy. Go get him. Uh, all right. Uh, and I think that is where we're going to end it. We did it. We made it through all 32 teams. We did it. Yeah. Uh, we went a little bit over two hours. We would have made it under two hours if it weren't for the Trey Lance discussion. Yeah. Uh, but the, the people but, wanted that Trey Lance yeah, discussion. Yeah, no, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come for the Tanya Harding stay for the Trey Lance. <laughs> good Lord. Yeah, that's that's how we're going to market this one. Yeah, and the uh, uh, the great. the I almost missed my plane with my young children in an airport cutting line and kicking yeah. people over through the fucking checker. You know the oh, the what man. you go through the uh, the metal detectors and everything. Unbelievable. Dude, traumatizing events have uh, shaped Jax's children's futures. Yes, absolutely. They were literally running through the airport with me. It was, it's good for them. They now they understand what the airport's all about. It's fucking Incredible. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go all ahead right. and take us out. Speaking Captain. of showing up late, you know, I mean, it's what it is. You know, I love it. Thank you so much, Michael P. Duncan. So excited for the season. I'll be making a couple of podcast um, appearances on a few different ones. Nate Liss and uh, the Goat District. Uh, I'll be doing those. So if you want to catch me on some other shows, we'll, have, we'll be having some fun there. Um, man, the Undroppables are rocking. So just go check out the website. Um, go check out Michael P. Duncan on the playbook. Him and Ashley are doing it probably, what, every Wednesday now? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, not next week, but... Uh 
the week after starts the season and we'll be on every Wednesday. Yep. So, and then um, the Monday show with uh, Dan and uh, Brian, that's a good show at halftime Monday, Monday on Monday Football Night Football. Yeah. It's a great show. So just kind of fucking check us out. Follow us on, on Twitter for all those updates. You know, I don't, I don't pimp too much stuff on here. I don't do that too much. So probably should do more of it, but whatever, just go fucking check us out on, uh, on Twitter and on the website and you'll know what we're doing and continue to dominate your leagues on behalf of everybody here at the undroppables on behalf of everybody here at the undrafted on behalf of my guest and friend and the eh, second or third best podcast producer in the land michael p duncan i am jacks falcone we are out <laughs>